What up, what up, what up, man? The Coach AB Show with my main man, Darnell Smith, a.k.a. Big Smitty. I'm going to bring some light to the darkness, man. I'm going to light it up in this mug, man. So I'm, I'm ready. It's going to be fire and ice. Uh, even though you got you bring that heat as well, you might be that ice that cooled me down a little bit. Played at Ball State. You've been at Fox Sports with great people around you. You've had Lil Wayne on your show. I respect, I respect the hell out of you to see that you're doing what you're doing and still doing what you're doing for real the way you do it, man. You said from day one you had the same enthusiasm. You keep the same enthusiasm and it's fucking contagious. We're about to give him this uh this fire and ice. The Coach JB show with Big Smitty. I come before you very humbled in my daily approach. Usually I'm excited. Usually I want to say, what's up, what's up, what's up? But I don't know if I can today because I'm in pussy pink. I'm in this pink that I had to go find. And this is the Coach JB Show with Big Smitty. And without further ado, let's get in, Big Smitty, because I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I try to tell you, Coach JB, why didn't you listen to your youngin', to your young homie? I wanted to protect you, JB. I didn't want to see you in the pink tall tee, the pink 3X tall tee you got from finish line. I didn't want to see this, JB, but you forced my hand. You didn't listen to me. Cats on on TikTok calling this salmon, and I I was worried, man. I was like, yeah, they didn't have a brighter pink, but I was like, goddamn, this is as hot pink as I could find. Uh... Ha, ah, man, I wanted to see you eat that habanero pepper, man. I really did, and that's why I didn't even care. You know, I'm texting Darnell. We're texting all night. He's like, you better go get that shirt. Be proactive. And I'm like, dog, I'm not doing nothing. They're coming back. And as it got later and later, I was drinking, chilling, and I was like, fuck, I got to go to the store. I, I looked through all my shit. I was trying to find a pink. I thought I had something pink. Man, I didn't have nothing pink because real men don't wear pink. And uh, contrary to Big Smitty's beliefs, real men don't wear pink. I didn't have no pink in my house. I had someone's pink panties in my drawer, in my drawer, but I didn't want to use those. Ah, uh, bad day right now. I'm in a down spot right now. Uh, but gotta honor your bets, Big Smitty. Gotta be a man of your word, dog. If you're not, what do you have? You don't got your word. What do you have? hundred percent, man. I do. Res I respect you so much, man, for honoring your word. Because a lot of men don't do that nowadays. So, man, respect uh, to you. And it's still going to be a great show. I know you got a lot in your mind. I know you're probably pissed off at the Boston Celtics for putting you in this position. And I can't wait to hear your take on that this morning, man. Shout out to Joe Accord, man. Go to Walmart and get a damn pink shirt. I hear you. Uh, I got to go get a pink shirt, man. But I got this morning rant, though. Uh... But after that, uh, I'm going to go in hard on this fucking morning rant. I don't, I don't even know if you're ready for this, Big Smitty. Um, this show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, and get you 50% off plus welcome bonus. Uh, I did win a little money last night on another site, on another uh, side of the betting, but not on uh, my DraftKings. I lost that one. Um, also, this show is brought to you by CanadaDipCBD.com. Use the promo code COACHJB, all caps, CBD.com. Go check it out.
can of dips, CBD. Uh, 20% off plus free shipping. Go check it out. Cleanest dip there is. Follow the Major League Baseball. Live golf. All the big dimers are chewing can of dips, CBD. Um, we got a lot to discuss today on this Talk That Talk Tuesday, dog. I'm going to talk that talk. Uh, there ain't no ifs and buts about it. I'm wearing pink. I'm definitely talking that talk. Quote of the day. <sighs> Brought to you by CanadaDipCBD.com. Not one scar on my, not one scar, Big Smitty, in my heart or on my heart comes from an enemy. They all come from someone who said they love you. Oh, man. That's a bore. Let that that's sing. Bore. Yeah, not one scar on my heart comes from an enemy. They all come from someone who said they loved you. Hey, Big Smitty, I'm going to tell you right now, as you get older in this life, I'm going to tell you right now, you'll remember this forever. You will be stabbed in the back. I promise you. We all be stabbed. We've all been stabbed in the back. It might be from your own bloodline. I'm just telling you right now. I'm not surprised by getting stabbed in the back no more, Big Smitty. I'm surprised when I turn around and see who's holding the knife. Mm. It'd be, it be the ones you trusted, JB. It'd be the ones you love, the ones you, you you held close the most, the ones you told your secrets to. And they'd be the same one with that knife in their hand, man. You preaching yeah. right now, JB. It's too early. It's early in the morning on, on the West Coast, and you preaching already. Yeah, I got to do it. Don't don't be shocked, though. I'm just letting you know right now. Don't be shocked when you, uh, when you turn around and see who's holding that knife and you drop your jaw like, what? 30 man. years I've known you? That's real, man. That's real knowledge, man. If y'all in the chat, man. Why I'm fired up in this fucking pink thing, man. I gotta, I gotta, I, I'm gonna get out of here. I'm gonna do the morning rant. I'm gonna be back and I gotta get you right back in here to hear and give me a little bit of feedback. Uh, I'll, Big Smitty will be right back. I'm in my morning rant phase. The Celtics Heat game seven. I gotta wear this fucking pink shirt because of pussies like this guy. I just wanna be clear. Pussies like this dude. Last game, it took 47 minutes, 59.99 seconds, all right? All right, it may take 48, it may take 53, it may take 58. It doesn't matter. You brand, you stand, however long you have to stand in for, you better fucking smile like this. You, you better, better fucking smile. That's the most important thing. The most important thing he said was smile. You better smile for 48 minutes. I got to wear a pink shirt because this pussy right here thinks smiles. Cement legacy. He thinks smiles cements legacies. This guy who wants to smile first and win second is why this society we are currently in accepts mediocrity as its new excellence. We have no more dogs. There's no more killers. I don't want to hear Big Smitty say we got killers out here no more. There's no more soldiers. Quit using those terms, especially in a time where we can go to war any damn day based on how we fucking give as much money over to Ukraine as we do. So call these guys prima donna ass pussies. Tatum rolls his ankle back in the day, shoot up his ankle. We used to shoot it up on the back, take him out back, shoot him up, bring him back out. He plays. I give Tatum credit. He played through the game, but he basically was a nobody. He didn't do anything. Jalen Brown, the Batman and the Robin of the crew, don't show up. White, Derek White plays hard, but he's not enough. Give him credit for trying, but the coach wants smiles. He wants smiles, and then he acts. Then he wants to act like a dickhead to the reporter. Know how eloquently to ask it, so I'm just gonna say what happened. Uh, they played better than we did. Why? 
This guy wants to be Popovich so bad it's screaming through his skin. Like it's coming through his skin. He wants to be asshole to reporters. Look, I don't care. I, I've been telling you this. This guy wants to be Popovich so bad it screams through his skin. Be yourself, homeboy. You are a bad actor. Your team sees through it. You got mollywopped on your home court in a game seven. What? Winning has become a thing of the past. We care more about our personal well-being and others' well-being and smiles over winning. Choking a motherfucker out and stomping on his chest as I walk by to fuck the prom queen. This has been lost. And you wonder why we have Target and Bud Light and all these other fucking companies exploiting our babies and shit? I truly believe it is a direct correlation and it needs to be dealt with ASAP. This is my morning rant. I'm sticking to it. And I got to get Big Smitty in here. Um, dog, sports is a direct correlation to society. I don't care what anyone has to say, Big Smitty. I am sticking to it. I understand, Big Smitty, before you even go in, I get that we don't have as many athletes playing sports as we have humans walking the earth. I get it. But I'm going to tell you something, man. Everyone that I... Growing up, when people played sports, we were either looked at as a different type of person. So when gangbangers rolled by and was like, hey, homie, woo, woo, oh, that's the homie. Plays, he played football. He played ball. He played hoop. Left cats alone. Nowadays, they don't leave. No, They don't even trip no more. They don't care because it ain't real no more. Athletes used to have a certain type of persona. They used to carry weight. They used to beat OGs in their own right, and they didn't even have to gangbang and shit. Now, it don't hold no water no more. Athletes no longer contribute to society as we once did, and we have become so soft because sports has become soft. I truly believe it. I'm sticking to it. That's my morning rant. Go in, Big Smitty. Man, Coach JB, you had a lot to say this morning, man. A lot on your mind. I know you got the pink shirt on, and I know that's probably causing a little bit of that anger. Uh, but let me go ahead and, and respond, man. So, first of all, that that speech from, from Coach Missoula, I'm not gonna lie, as a former athlete myself, I hated it as well. I don't want to. I don't want to hear my coach talking about smiles in a game seven. Like it, it's winter, go home. Ain't no smiles, especially when, in my opinion, you are going against one of the last teams in the league that do it. That does have dogs on that team. You got you got a you got a Bam who's gonna give you full blown effort and dive on the floor. You got Jimmy Butler who's gonna do the same thing. He's gonna, he's gonna guard your best player. Go go attempt to put up thirty you know thirty points as well. So when you're playing against that type of team and a Coach Spoelstra, a Pat Riley type of team who we know how Pat, Pat Riley gets down, if you're on the other side competing, you can't tell players to go go out there and do this. That ain't going to work. Like, it's game seven. What are you talking about? So I think your players a lot of times can be a reflection of the coach. You know that, Coach JB. Before a game, man, like, hey, listen, you got to get your guys pumped up, ready. Like, yeah, we get it. It's supposed to be fun. We get it. Like, but you don't have to – like, that's, that's understood. That shouldn't be a part of your actual speech to get me pumped up and fired up. So that's number one. Uh, number two, and, and, and just kind of talking about how you believe sports – impacts the society as a whole um 
I, I do think to to a degree, because again, we know like a lot of our kids and young people who are playing sports, they're watching the NBA, they're watching the NFL, they're just seeing how guys are are playing and competing, and our young people are our next generation. So if they're watching watching these guys, you know, flop around and not take winning as seriously, then when they become 17, 18 years old, and they're, now they're the next generation, the guys who are playing and competing to try to get to, to the league, now it's a trickle-down effect, and things just become, like, softer and softer and softer. So, like, I do agree with you to an extent of, 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 of how things are, but also I got to put the brakes on some other things. You you brought up Jason Tatum and twisting his ankle in, the like, the first quarter. That was a bad twist, you know what I'm saying? So the fact that he even stayed in, and you get you gave him his props, you gave him his props. But I'm just saying the fact that he even stayed in the entire the entire game basically, and and put up what he did put up, I think is really impressive. You mentioned back in the days they would give him a shot; they can't do that no more. I don't I don't even think they do that uh, in football anymore. I remember when I hurt my knee. Um, what was it going into my senior year? I want to say. I actually wanted the shot because I'm like, man, like I just want to play. I don't care about no after effects, no long term effects, none of that. Give me the shot, and I could not get it. So I think they might have stopped doing the shot. Maybe like I don't know, 2016 or something. At least I had to look back and do my research. So my thing is, my thing is, times have changed. Part of it is just the rules have changed and made it softer. It's not all on us, and that's what I want to defend. I think too many times your generation looks at at us as the humans, the players ourselves as the soft players who made this soft. No, it's the it's the higher-ups, the hierarchy that has changed the rules because they want a faster-paced game. They want more offense, more scoring. And in order to do that, they they, they, they need their best players on the court. They need, you know, uh, 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 everyone as healthy as possible. And that has led to the game being softer. But don't confuse that, JB, with the players themselves being soft. These players, and I've said it before, the players today could play in the 80s. They would have adjusted to the rules. It's not like, you know, these guys now are just uber different than the guys back in the days. Everyone adjusts to the game. Even Jordan. Jordan, when he first uh, got drafted in the league, it was much more physical than when it was in his later years. They changed the rules in part because of Jordan. They want to protect him. You know that. So, again, you adjust to the situation. Don't blame the players. Blame the game. Crowd, chat, TikTok. Can I? Do you want me to go in on Big Smitty, or, or I don't understand what's going on here? He said they were just Kevin Goss. Shut the fuck up! You're full of shit. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about either. I, I'm tired of seeing your comments every fucking where I look, Kevin Goss. Let me tell you something, real fucking quick, Big Smitty. You're telling me that this guy's is equivalent to a guy that played in the 80s when Ronnie Lott cut his finger off to play in the game and Jack Youngblood broke his leg and played an entire Super Bowl? You think we have a player today will do that and adjust? Hell no. There is no comparison. Y'all may be more athletic. It ain't even close. Mentally, mental, mental fortitude, tough skin, you guys cry over being yelled at. What are you talking about? Man, it ain't even close. There's no way those guys would have survived in the 80s and the 90s. Not a chance. Coach, let me jump in real quick. Let me jump in. The reason why those – Jump over me, but you can't jump through me. And <laughs> I guarantee you, I would have clotheslined a motherfucker quick. And that's all the 80s and 90s would have done to all these soft-ass pussies. I'm just telling you. 
Listen, a few things here. Number one, we talked about this before. The reason why guys are playing with a broken leg and cutting their finger off is because that's all they had. Like they, they, that's the little money they made back in the league. That's all they had. Endorsement deals was shit. They but wasn't making flop now. How much flopping do you do? It's a part of the game. I don't. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But JB, think about it from a strategy standpoint. If I know the refs is gonna. Call the foul and put it in my favor. Why not give my team and my side the advantage? It's the same thing as like in a different realm as when you play, you you would throw dirt in the person's face. You're fine, you're trying to find your advantage to win the game. Flopping helps you get to the free throw line because referees can't tell the difference. These players have gotten really good at it. I don't like it, but when I take away my emotions, it makes sense. Let me let me let me kill you with the kind facts that is going to blow your mind because the experienced old guy is going to talk real quick here's the thing about it you don't like it you just said you don't like it but you know that what we have problem we have in right now we have a lot of people like you who don't like it but have become the voice of the minority overwhelming the majority because you have accepted it as me as excellence you think mediocrity is excellence and you're defending it and making excuses for excuses you yourself said you don't like it but you're defending it because it has become the norm the fad the new thing we gotta say no big smitty i don't like it fuck that shit i want the i want to be i want to play tough rough shoot me up we don't have no majority voices speaking up no more all the youngsters from 30 to or from i say 35 to 20 20 to 35 have accepted mediocrity as the new excellence. We are now liking it and making excuses for excuses. Like I say all the time, you don't even like it. You just said it right here. We got a receipt. I know you don't like it either because I know you well enough. But you're speaking on it. It's like, what do they say in, in church? Don't speak life. Don't speak death upon life. Speak life into your death. Don't speak death into your life. That's a deep one. One of my boys that I grew up with speaks that all the time. Don't speak death on your life. Speak life on your death. Meaning, I don't want to see you die tomorrow. I want to see you live tomorrow. Dog, we're making excuses for excuses. Let's say, nah, man, I want to be, I, I, I hate it too, JB. Now, you don't have to agree with me, but let's not say, I hate it, but, fuck but. We got to take but out now. That's what the problem is right now. We got, uh, I, I can steal and rob from Target, but maybe you shouldn't be arrested because, you know, these kids got to eat. <laughs> Fuck, get out of here with that bullshit, man. That's what I'm saying. We're making excuses for these cats. But there's always a but, JB. That's, that, that's the thing about it, man, and context matters. The fact that players are making multi-million dollars, $100 million contracts, does matter. You think I'm not gonna fuck up my hundred million dollars because I gotta prove that I'm tough? No, I'm gonna sit out three games. Back in the days, they would make they, they, the big passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, 
your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This contract was what? Magic Johnson made a million dollars a year for 20 years, and they, they were hyped about that. Most of them should make a six figures. We were talking about that in the chat. They said, LBC Rob said, you can't coach like Parcells now, nowadays, JB. And LBC Rob's my age, and we're both from L.A., and he, he he said, you can't coach like we did back in the day because these dudes make more money than the coach. Mm. Well, just FYI, LBC, Rob, they always have made more money than the coach. So what's the difference now? You're making excuses too, homie. You're making excuses too. So you don't think T.O. made more money than Parcells in Dallas? Get the fuck out of here. See, we're making too many soft-ass excuses, homie. That's the problem. We're making excuses for these dudes now as in every aspect. Oh, man, JB, you can't yell at him no more, dog. He makes more money than you. So, so what? Guess what? So does the CEO at Walmart, motherfucker. They make more money, too. Like, I'm tripping. I don't understand where your concept is. T.O. made more money than the head coach. Just throwing that out there. Tom Brady made more money than John Bill Belichick, dog. What are we talking about here? Do you think Bill Belichick just a hey, hey, Tom. What do you think we should do about discipline and Willie McGinnis today? No, he disciplined his ass and he motherfucked Tom Brady, by the way. I know for a fact that he did. So quit making excuses, dog. That's all I'm saying. We make too many damn excuses. Big Smitty, USFL Player of the Week. Josh Love joins us in about nine minutes. Uh, Had a brief stint in the NFL. I'm very familiar with this young man. I've coached him up, been around him. Um, Played at Long Beach Poly High School. Uh, legendary high school. He will uh, he'll be joining the show the first minute. But go ahead. Um, we got a couple minutes. I didn't mean to cut you off. We 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 got to just talk this Miami Heat game seven. Uh, absolute no show uh, for a Celtic organization who has nothing but banners hanging up, tied with the Lakers, one of the most historic uh, franchises in basketball. And you no show because we want fucking smiles. <laughs> no, I feel you, JB, man. Like, going, folks, I guess going more so on the game, I didn't think it was going to be a blowout. You actually called a blowout, so kudos to you, but it went in the opposite direction. You know what hey, I'm saying? Well, let's be clear with our bet. Let's clear up our bets here. So mm-hmm. I lost. I'm wearing pink. Uh, Big Smitty would have lost. He would have ate a habanero uh, ghost pepper yeah, or whatever. So let me ask you. The, the other, we had a side bet, and either one of us won that because Butler didn't get his quota. Tatum didn't hit his quota, so we didn't hit the side bet. The side bet is null and void. That'll be a new bet later. So we will, I will, I will get Big Smitty to lose a bet and do something on this show. I'm going to be damned if I'm going to wear pink all the damn time. But, hey, I live up to my, my what I say I'm going to do, I do. And you saw me wear pink on Last Chance You. Again, I'm a motherfucking rhymer. I should be a rapper around here, but I don't want to throw that on him. Hold on real quick, JB, because like my memory, maybe my memory's not serving me correct. I thought the actual side bet was that Jimmy Butler would score more points than Jason Tatum. Am I in my tripping? Nah, remember I said he was going to score uh, 50. You said Butler was going to score 40. I don't know. I, th- I don't. I don't. Is that what it was? Nah, we talked about uh points and I and I said I think I think Jimmy's gonna score 38, but I don't know. I don't think that was an actual bet. 
I thought that's your bet. Chat, if you was tuning in yesterday, let us know because we could be tripping. We might have to go back and look. I thought the bet was Jimmy Butler would score more than Jason Tano, which he did. But I don't want to push the bet on you because, again, I could be wrong, and I am a real one, and I would never put a bet on you, JB, if we didn't do it. So maybe we can look back and see. You know me, I honor it. I don't. I thought it was a. Uh, I thought we said we. I thought we because th- we had a boy on from Boston who who right. called him having fifty five, and I was like, he ain't scoring fifty five, but he's gonna have. I think he'll score forty. And then right. you said you think uh, what's name was gonna score thirty five or thirty eight or something. Yeah, Jimmy. Uh, We'll figure it out, man. I, I ain't gonna lie. I'm satisfied with you having on this bright ass pink shirt on, man. Looking like raw, a pack of raw meat. That doesn't seem like they know. He says it was Butler. Jamar said it was Butler. It was Butler score more than Tatum. Mm. Uh, Jamar, you ain't no fucking member, so shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> I'll just fuck with you. Uh, um, I don't know. It could have been. We'll look it up. What was the bet though? The bet in my to my memory, you know, I'm a little younger than you, JB, is that Jason Tatum would not score more points than Jimmy Butler. That that was it. The bet. Well, if we won. Oh, we you mean what was the damn bet? Damn man, we getting old, JB. Yeah, we don't. I, we're old. You're old as hell, man. I thought you were young, working out every day and shit. Like, what's going on? It's some football years, man. You know, football years they add, they add an extra ten to fifteen on you. All that squad and all that all them plays I was making on the field. You know, I was a beast on that field, JB. You would have loved to coach me. You would have loved to be my coach, JB. Don't lie. Yeah, I would have. I would have. Um <laughs> Gary Port said thought it was Butler scored 35 plus. See, that's what I thought it was too, Ports. I thought it was too. Um come on, Jerry Ports. I don't know what it was on my end. Hey, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get into some cultural shit going on right now. I gotta show you this real quick because I'm I'm like I'm tripping on this right now. Um, this was me approximately two and a half years ago. Um, I don't want to hear that you were beautiful before comments because um, I didn't feel that way. I feel so much more myself, more love, and I feel like this is me. Big hmm. Smitty, this is the issue we have. So I thought she was pretty decent looking girl. Oh, this was me approximately... I thought she was decent without without the tatted face. Um, Jamar said, "I'm gonna cancel my subscription now." Uh, uh, I I thought I thought I thought you know um, she was yeah. solid. Yeah, she was solid before the uh, yeah the tattoos. She was horrible or nothing. Not like I'm gonna go and look for her, but but damn. What's up with the, she got to tat her face to make her feel good? That's what I'm tripping on, man. We're doing that way too much. Um, we're going to get back into this culture side of this thing. But before we do, pound the like button, subscribe, become a member. Um, if you're not one already, um, we got a uh, we got a special guest joining the show, man. Um, a Long Beach native. A Long Beach – well, he's actually not a Long Beach native, I don't believe, but he played at Long Beach High School. Uh, USFL Michigan Panthers quarterback – uh, Josh Love, clap it up. What's up, Josh, man? Man, I appreciate you joining us, brother. You no hear problem, me? man. How's it going? Man, I'm good, brother. You? I've been good, man. Been good. Man, nice you to meet you, Josh. Nice to meet you, my guy. What's up, man? How's it going? Good, good. Hey, uh, so what's the deal? What's the deal? Are you guys playing in one place? I haven't been. I haven't been up. Are you guys traveling now? Yeah. So there, last year there was only one hub. It was all in Birmingham. All eight teams yeah. were in Birmingham. This year we have four hubs. Um, there's two teams in Birmingham, two two teams in Memphis, 
um, two teams in Canton, Ohio, and two teams in Detroit. So we got to be out here in our home state. So it's been awesome playing at Ford Field. Um, but it's been it's been a blessing, man. No doubt. So look, man, you play at San Jose. Um, people know you went to Long Beach Poly. I know you transferred high school uh, and went to Poly your last year. We played you guys, obviously, and uh, yeah. a great game. What was it? Like? I think it was like 6 nothing, man. The game was like was, zero, 0 in the fourth. Were you there my senior year, too? I think I, I remember you my junior year for sure. What year was the senior year? Where, my senior we year was – Was it like a sold-out bet? 13, 14. I had uh, – my junior year is when we had Juju. We heard Juju that game, remember? Oh, I, I do remember that. That was crazy. So that was your junior year. That's yeah. right. Uh, yeah. I was gone. I went to college. I went back to Juco. So I, I left that next year. But yeah, that's right. We heard Juju. He had like a visit to Ohio State that day, that night. <laughs> and uh, remember, he was on the field for like an hour. And Dude, shit. and then they brought the ambulance. That, that, that was, was the game crazy. we lost. You guys beat us 6 nothing. Yeah, that was nuts. Yeah, it was crazy. And you guys were like, and you guys won it all. Yeah. Yeah. You beat me other day that year. No, actually, no. You know what? We we that was the year before we lost to Modern Day in the semis that year. Okay, so the year yeah. before you guys won it. Yeah, but that, I mean that time of ball in, in SoCal was crazy. Everybody was so talented. Yeah, it's crazy. Hey, so I gotta ask you. I know Smitty's gonna jump in. I got a uh, good catching up with you, man. I'm glad for you, all your success. You got a shot in the league, and then uh, you're now in the USFL. And I I got to watch you. I was watching you last year too. Um, you, you, Admiration-wise, of course, we all want to play in the league. You trying to get back there as soon as possible? Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you excited about where you are right now? Um, and then with all the noise with the XFL, the USFL, are you happy to be in this particular league? I mean, yeah, definitely. I think uh, you know this this league was great to jump into last year. You know, trying to get some film, having I mean, been on a couple teams, but really having got the chance to play in a preseason game in the NFL. Um, came out in 2020 with COVID. So, um, but yeah, man, it's been it's been great. I know the XFL did a great job too. These leagues are great for guys like me, you know, who are seeking opportunities and getting film and you know trying to get back to the next level. Love it, love it, man. And I and I saw that you you won what Offensive Player of the Week this past week, man. Yeah. Uh, been balling out. You I got right now. I got like 10 touchdowns, only five picks. Yeah. Uh, it seems like things are starting to really flow well for you. Uh, in your direction let's talk about what I guess what's kind of been going on for you you know to, to what's led to this increase of play and just this good energy yeah I think we you know we started strong we started 2-0 and um started the season really strong then we kind of went with a four game skid and um you know honestly we went, we went 0-4 at home so that's four fields so we're 0-4 at home we're 3-0 on the road um but no, I think we're peaking at the right time. We're putting everything together and um, playing good ball right now. Last two weeks, I know we lost to to Birmingham last week, but I thought you know offensively and you know and defensively we played played a good game. Um, but we're peaking at the right time. I think we just got to finish these next three weeks strong and and you know get in the playoffs. Hey, Josh, I got some I got some film. I, I want to show the the crowd here real quick. Yeah. Back in the day, that's that's we're gonna show the end zone. You took a shot right in the skin. Uh, love, I love the old school mentality. Um, you took a shot. You, you delivered the ball. You stood in there like this is something that probably what is a flag in the NFL. Um, probably most likely a flag. Yeah. Um, and also, I want to see this end zone copy of you taking a shot from the from the tight copy here. You. Uh, yep. You're standing there, you're empty personnel, 
right tackle whiffs. You 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 get a, you get the ball off. You take a shot, and it's it's lovely to see you stand in there. People don't realize those are the nuts and guts that it takes to play this position. Um, I want to show another play real quick um, that I got that I got in here a couple weeks ago. This is a this is a ball face mask through the numbers. Only mm-hmm. where you can get it. Great ball. And, and and I love to see that um, the Quinn kid does well for you. I, dude, I've been watching. he's a stud, man. We got some we got some great guys on the team, and dude, it's funny that you you hit me up because um, I, we were just talking about you the other day. Keith Williams is my is my left tackle. I know, I know. Dude, I, isn't that I, crazy? I was, I was mfing him the other day because he fucking whipped, <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck you doing, man?" Um, I got I got one more though. I got to show you this yeah. one last. One. Um, this right here. So I want to. I want to get through. I want to go through this with you as a, as a player coach. So you you you're sitting here in the end zone view here. You're in a little three by one uh, with your tight end here. That's that's going to run a little wheel out the backfield. So you're really putting some heat. You're really putting some heat on this one high and this safety right here. It's a two yeah. high loop. You got the wheel out the backfield. I thought you did a hell of a job. I was going to break it down on Twitter uh, for the folks. You did a hell of a job holding that vertical right there, holding that too high safety on the left hash, and you knew right exactly where you wanted to go with the ball. You, you threw a two ball right over this outside backer, strong safety guy yeah. in the hole. Um, I thought that was a great job by you being patient, with your, especially a tight end who's not known for a speed guy. So you yeah. have to understand as a quarterback, hey, I, I got to understand this guy's not going to press it. I got to hold the ball a little longer maybe to throw that ball over that guy. A lot of cats don't understand that about playing the position. But um, in that play right there, is that what you wanted? Is that what you were looking for it, based Hopefully. on that two-eye look? Yeah, I mean, we have – it was kind of a um, more of a condensed set, three-by-one, and uh, the outside guy has a speed out, and then the two inside guys are running a vert switch. So the mm. you know, number two is getting across the field trying to – you know, manipulate that that safety to that side, and then Cole Higatini's the tight end. He's just kind of you know looping around and getting vertical on the hash. Um, but you know, great play design, great timing in the red zone to run that. Um, we actually ran that a couple times. Um, but yeah, just reading the safety and and finding finding the throw. No doubt, I, I gotta get Keith on the show. Um, Keith, Keith, I'm sure. Go ask Keith some stories. Hey, AK, just go. <laughs> hey, slap pick. No, um, he he showed me the episode one of the show at Indy. When when uh, you're freaking um, writing them a contract or something because they're smoking weed in the bathroom or something like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh that's right. Keeps in there, fucker. Yeah. <laughs> um, go ahead, man. My bad. No, you're good. It's all good, man. I, I love you know breaking down the tape. It's taking me back to my playing days. And one thing yeah. that I noticed was that first play, man. Seeing you stand in the pocket, take the hit, and I think that's very important because Coach JB. He believes that our generation today has turned soft. And to me, that's a perfect example to show that we still got grit. No, we, we still, still got, got toughness. Grit, Come on now. That's all I wanted to say, really. I'm just complimenting you on the play, and I'm glad that we showed that to prove to JB that, yes, the rules have changed in the leagues and things have changed, but us as the players and, and our generation, we're still tough as nails. Oh, tough man, tough as nails. I, I think. Uh, I don't know if you saw the the other the other quarterback, DeAndre Johnson. I'm praying for him, but I mean, he unfortunately got knocked out of the game. I mean, this game is violent, man, and you know, um, that was a scary moment for for both teams to see him go down. But this game is for sure violent. I think you know, obviously, the refs are trying to keep it safe, and especially for the quarterbacks. And you know, helmet technology's you know the best it's ever been, and you know they're trying to keep guys safe. 
No doubt. Yeah, for sure. No doubt. For sure. Uh, so, so you guys got the, the season to play, um, playoff, obviously, make a run. The more film you get, uh, the eye in the sky don't lie, obviously. You're, you're playing as well as anybody in that league right now. Um, and I know you got to probably watch the other spring league that happened before yours. You guys yeah. started your league. Um, you guys are going to go through right up to the butt of the summer of, of the NFL. Um, are you hoping to get into camp? Are you talking to – you got an agent and everything, I'm sure, that, that, yeah. that you're looking into, like, Maybe this is gonna this will be a perfect timing for you, in my opinion, because the USFL is a little later than the other league, and it butts up right up to camp, and you never know what happens nowadays. You've seen these guys like Brock Purdy and all these guys yeah. go down. People need good, solid dudes to sit in there in the pocket like you and deliver the rock. And we're all not J- Lamar Jackson, we're all not Kyler Murray, but there is a niche for guys that stand in there and throw the ball on time. And uh, you do that as well as anyone I'm watching, and I, I want to see you get a shot. Is there a yeah. inkling inkling of that? No, yeah, I mean we're you know talking to my agent, we're talking to some teams right now, and you know hopefully get a shot. You know guys are going through OTAs and they have their rookies come through, and then there's you know they're going to be having to make some decisions coming up. And I think it's great timing. I know the XFL ended earlier, but it's great timing. We end you know latest is July 1st, and you get a month to you know get ready to go to a camp and get into a camp. So, but I mean, especially last year, it's like so many guys are getting hurt. There's a lot of opportunity. They made that new quarterback three third quarterback rule. That's big for, you know, guys like me and, you know, maybe teams are looking to add more quarterbacks. So we'll see what happens. That's a good point right there, uh, Josh. And one thing I want to ask you too, just more so about the USFL, you know, as this is still a somewhat a, a new league, I, I work at Fox sports. So yeah. I, I, I see how big, you know, we're constantly promoting it in the building on all the shows. Kind of talk about how competitive the league the league actually is, and the, the fact that there are a lot ton of great players and great talent in the league. Oh, I mean, compared to last year, and you know, watching some of the XFL stuff, this league is so competitive. You look at the standings. Um, I mean, everybody in the in the South is pretty tight. Everybody in the North is pretty tight. We're one game out from second place, and we beat the first place team. Um, and you know, it's really tight. Everybody's within one game of uh, each other. And, you know, just the, it's coming down the wire. It's coming down the end, and we got to finish strong here. I love it, no man. Question. I love it. Yeah, no for doubt. sure. I, I got a few Ball State homies who play in, in the league. I, yeah. I mean, you guys just played Birmingham Stallions. My, my guy, Jonathan Newsom, defensive end. Yeah. He, play, he plays over there. You know, that, that's one of my guys who played together back in college. So, uh, yeah, definitely a fan of the league and love seeing you ball out, man, and uh, keep doing your thing. I got you. Appreciate it, man. Hey, uh, who you guys got this week? Uh, we're uh, uh, heading down to Birmingham. We're actually going to play in New Orleans. Mm. I got you. So New Orleans is is uh, bubbled in Birmingham with Birmingham. So yeah, um, head down there Friday. It's funny we the same the extra did the same thing. We uh, so we're bubbled out here with the Philadelphia Stars. They play Saturday in in Birmingham against Birmingham, but we fly with them on Friday. And then we play Sunday. So mm. it's kind of funny that XFL actually did the same thing. But, you know, to save money and um, get yeah. down there early and get acclimated, it's going to be hot down there. So No doubt. It's muggy. Man, Cali, you're missing Cali weather, man. It's Dude. like 65 every day it's, here. I heard it's terrible. It's it's like, where the hell are you that, man? Freezing cold. It's been cold out here for LA stands for a long time. Yeah. It's actually hot out here right now. It's 80. And in, in, I'm in Ann Arbor right now, so. Yeah, we got a couple of Michigan fans. We got big Michigan fans in the, in the chat, man. That are that are that are in the show every day. What um? 
So you guys go down there this weekend, and then uh, and then after that, how many? What you're right in the middle of the season, right? <clears throat> yeah, we have three games left, and then playoffs. Damn. So Damn. Uh, each conference takes the top two teams in um, in the conference, and then um, go from there. You play a a, a team. You might have already, honestly, might play again. So like, we played the Stars the last week of the season. Us and the Stars are first and second. We might play them two weeks in a row. So, well, obviously, we got to finish strong and handle business and, and, and uh, you know, just get after it this week. What do you do in the offseason? You come back home? Yeah, I come back home. Um, I'm in, uh, I'm living in San Clemente right now. Okay. Um, down there and, and have a guy I train with in Carlsbad. And, um, but yeah, man. It's no, nothing better than training in California, that's for sure. No doubt. Many <laughs> ain't bad place to live either. Um, I'm like shit. You, you. So, hey, you got kids or anything yet? No, I'm actually uh, just got engaged. So, planning a wedding right now. Uh, appreciate it. Um, yeah, just trying to get that that sorted out and um, looking for next summer to do that. Okay. Okay. Congrats, man. Congrats. Um, appreciate it. Hey man, you know, hey, I, 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 I want to see you ball out, man. Do this thing, keep killing. Tell Keith he's a slap dick, and I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll hit his ass up soon. And uh, I'll be watching you, man. And, and, and every week, keep killing it. And uh, if you ever need anything from me, man, let me know. I, I'll, I'll vouch for you in a New York minute. And uh, love what you're doing, man. No, appreciate it, guys. Thank you for having me on. All right, Josh, stay up. Yes, win, go win this week. Appreciate yes, you. Sir. All right, God Peace. bless. God bless, Josh, man. He said he just got engaged, JB. That's a big move. I'm a married man. Your player just got engaged. When is it going to be your turn, JB? The people want to know in the chat. <laughs> JB said he ain't never getting married, y'all. You never know, man. I, I didn't plan on getting married. I didn't find marriage. Marriage found me. So you might find that love one day to change your heart and change your way, JB. That question was funnier than this pink shirt I'm wearing. <laughs> That's I, 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 I'm gonna fucking back to this broad right here. Two and a half oh, years yeah, ago. Yeah. Um, so she felt that she had to tattoo her face to feel pretty. Dog, this is the shit I'm talking about on my morning rant. We are making excuses for our well-being and others' well-being over the fact that, hey man, let's just drop our nuts and be who we are and be happy who we are. And I don't give a shit what you think about who I am. And nowadays, we have to please the masses. We have to please everybody on social media. You can't sit here and tell me she didn't tat her face up because somebody on IG told her she was ugly. Some troll who didn't have any followers who made a fake account, and she's taking it personal. And I'm thinking social media is causing more of this mental weakness, in my opinion, than anything. I think the bots and the trolls are out to just screw the mentals up that's just my take dog yeah I, you know what jb I, I you know i know we argue about a lot of stuff but i actually agree with you on this man like social media has caused a lot of these people even people in my generation but specifically the younger crowd the gen zers to uh, have these huge insecurities and they start making decisions based upon you know what they see or what they think is popular or if they they see they see someone online who has tattoos on their face and they're getting a lot of love and compliments. It's like, okay, let me try this. It's like they're searching for something that they feel like they don't have. And a lot of that is because, again, I use this quote all the time. But I think it's so powerful. Comparison is a thief of joy. And this, with this phone, with social media, what happens is you go on Instagram, you're, you're scrolling all, all day, 
and you're just looking at all this fake happiness and stuff that people are posting online and and uh, these clothes and these trips and all this this that and the third and it's giving you this false belief that you have to do what they're doing in order to be happy and it's this false belief that what you have right now isn't enough and people don't understand that social media is fake people only put out what they want you to see nine times out of ten I'm not going to put out, you know, my darkest moments or, or when I'm really going through stuff. Same thing with most of people on social media. They're going to show you when they're on that vacation that they've been saving for for two years. They're going to show you when they just, you know, bought a new outfit for the first time in six or seven months. And it's going to look like to the outside that this person is balling, this person's doing this, that, and the third, when in reality, they're struggling just like you. So I just think the, the best thing to do, man, when, and when you're, Focus on your life and focus on growth of your own life and just continue to be be you because no one can do it better. No one can be JB better than JB. No one can be Big Smitty better than me. So at the end of the day, people are going to judge you. They judge Jesus Christ. They're going to judge you. They're going to talk about you. Who gives a fuck? My strength coach, man, shout out to Dave Philly when he was at Ball State. Some of the realest advice he ever gave us is that nobody gives a fuck, period. That's the statement. When you become an adult, come in the real world, don't nobody care what you're going through. Nobody care if your bills ain't paid, if you're sick. At the end of the day, nobody gives a fuck. Nut up. Figure it out. Get the job done. Did you get the job done or, or did you didn't? Like, which side did you, did you get the job done or not? Pick your side. So I just think we got to go back to that mentality, that mindset. Don't let people who you don't even know, who may not be a real person, affect you in your life. That's what I'm saying. I, I say it every day. I tell my team for years, you heard me on Netflix, nobody gives a fuck. Nobody cares. I, I say it like this, Big Smith. I used to I go around speaking, and I say this all the time, and these cats really trip. I say, and how many of us have been in front of the ambulance when, they, when they're coming behind us? What do you do? And they all raise their hand. Pull over. I go, you're right. Pull over, right? And then it drives by, and what do you do? We, go, we keep driving right behind it. Did you really stop and think, like, who the fuck's in the back of the ambulance? Did you think this guy just got his head cut off and got shot? You don't give a fuck. You're going to keep driving about your bitch. You're trying to go wherever you have to go. Actually, 99.9% .9 of us, Big Smitty, when the ambulance comes behind us, we do like this. Oh, suck our teeth. Fuck it. And we don't know who's in there. What if it was your mama or sister? You don't even know. How cold of a game would that be if somebody you know is in there? But again, we don't care. It's all about let's go fast. Give me instant gratification. Let me get where I've got to go. And we don't care no more. And social media is becoming a huge part of that. I got a, uh, got a couple things in the clip. First of all, clap it up. Big Jamar became a member. Jamar became a member on us. Um, let's get it, Jamar. Let's get it, my guy. Where's Taylor at? My main man Taylor is in the chat. He's the head coach for the San Diego Strike Force Arena team where Carlos Thompson, uh, one of my former players, is a player. That's where me and Eric Weddle were at last weekend. Mm. Uh, Taylor said, when was your guy at Ball State? I'm with Nate Davis right now. He's our quarterback. Nate Davis, a lit. Now, listen, Nate Davis doesn't know me. He's a little older than me. He was a part of one of the greatest Ball State teams of all time back in 2008. We heard nothing but stories about them. He was a dual-threat guy. Spent a little bit of time in the NFL, legendary Ball State team. I think they were ranked in the nation when he was there. Unfortunately, they lost the bowl game in the MAC championship, but they had an undefeated season. It's a season that we always, when I was a player there, we always look back and strive to, to look after. I, I did meet Nate one time. I think he came to like a, a homecoming game, but I was at Ball State from 2012 to 2016. 
Um, but Nate Davis definitely know who he is. He's a ball state legend. Let him know that Darnell Smith, former defensive tackle from ball state, man, said, What's up? Chirp, chirp. We in the building, man. Hashtag Maxion. Hey, real quick, JB, people got to stop sleeping on the Mac. We got a lot of talent in the Mac, a lot of great linemen, a lot of good, yep, offensive linemen, details like myself, skilled guys. There's so much NFL talent. In, in the Mac, you think about Khalil Mack, you think about so many James Harrison from back in the days, Antonio Brown. I'm talking about great players come from the Mac. And I need everybody in the chat to put some respect on the MAC. Oh, you done? I'm done. Uh, <laughs> you a hater, JB. You a hater. <laughs> to take on that though i agree with you actually i'm just fucking with you. you know why because the whole goddamn country is so watered down that akron can beat alabama now because everybody's fucking on even playing field that's how shitty this portal has become that's my personal opinion but we'll dive into that on a whole nother show i gotta ask you i gotta take I, I, we always talk with the bad i want to bring in the good but here's the old man in me after we saw the video of the face and the tattoo um, and then we're seeing a lot of bad shit right now. We're seeing shit on Twitter and IG that's going nuts. I want to get your take on this old man. He's a hundred-year-old five-star general, and I don't know if you've seen this video, but I thought it was something worth showing. He is uh, basically in tears. I don't know. I've, I've lived a good life. I mean, I've had a, a lot, a lot of happiness, happiness, smiling. Telling everybody that everything was beautiful every day. If I went into my church and didn't say everything was beautiful, they'd think I was sick. And I, and I'm not that way. I mean, I'm a, I, I, I sincerely believe in this old world that everything is beautiful. I mean, if I see, if I wake up in the morning and see these plants out here and they, and all those flowers that are in there and the green grass on the on the ground. That's beautiful. Mm. And people don't realize what they have. They bitch about it. And then nowadays, I am so upset that the things we did and the things we fought for and the boys that died for it, it's all gone down the drain. Our country's gone to hell in a handbasket. We haven't got the country we had when I was raised. Not at all. Nobody will have the fun I had. Nobody will have the opportunity I had. It's just not the same. That's not what I was. That's not what they died for. Basically, he said that's not what they died for. I don't agree about the opportunity. Opportunity is bigger than it's ever been because of these phones and social media. These cats are YouTube and making $100 million a year at 25 years old. And then on the flip side, we got young kids out here stealing Amazon packages from your porch because they're too lazy to go work and enabled trying to become that YouTuber sensation. So it's two different sides of this thing. It, go, it goes deep, Smitty. It goes real deep. This is an old cat, obviously, double my age, uh, who, who basically... I agree with the fact that we got a lot of cats out there who fought for the, again, going back to the anointing and the paying homage to our forefathers. Without those dudes, these YouTubers don't exist. Without me, 
Tyler Murray don't get two hundred million. Not me in particular, but you know yeah. what I mean. The age group. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. It, it's 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 fucked up to see these guys that that have been uh, drugged through the mud for the country that we just coming off of Memorial Day, crying on on a on a video that a hundred years old because of the videos we're seeing every day. So I just wanted to touch on that on the culture side of things because we have uh, people out there that still think the the world's beautiful, but uh, we take it for granted, and I do believe that is true. Yeah, I mean, I, t- the biggest point that I took for, from that, that entire video was just the, the mindset that he still tries to have even at this old age. Like, he still tries to go out and, yeah, say the grass is green, it's beautiful, and he, he, he seems to be a guy who appreciates the little things in life. And that's something that I do feel like a lot of people nowadays do take for granted. I'll even speak for myself sometimes. I'm not perfect at all. You know, there's times where I'm just so worried about what's next and not making the money I want to make or not in the position that I want to be at that I kind of become, you know, uh, ungrateful for what I do have and the growth that I've had, the fast growth that I've had from my beginnings to where, to where I am now. And sometimes I think we all just got to take a step back, take a deep breath and just like look, look to your left, look to your right. And just like, man, like everything's not perfect. Everything's not exactly what, what I want to be. But man, God is good. Life is still good. Whatever you believe in, obviously. And it's like, man, you know, um, th- there's a lot to be thankful for. You know what I'm saying? The fact that we on this show right now, me and Coach JB are, are, are able to speak with fans and speak to people and, and put out our message and our opinion out to the masses. It's, it's just a blessing right now. You know what I'm saying? So like sometimes you got to really break down all the quote unquote small things in life that we take for granted, the fact that you got your fingers, your limbs, your, the air to breathe, we take all the little things for granted. And, you know, you don't understand how important something is until it gets taken away from you. And that's unfortunate. So that's my uh, that, that is true. That's why I kind of, I was like, uh, shit, it's deep. Um, you got to look at it both ways. But um, I got to get into this real quick. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get out this pink shirt, dog. Um, like this motherfucker. <laughs> I'm trying to get out this goddamn pink shirt, Smitty, just like that motherfucker trying to get out of that goddamn escalator. Uh, Charlemagne the God came out and said that Steph Curry is better than LeBron and has him ranked second behind MJ. If Charlemagne the God isn't the dumbest motherfucker I've ever heard speak, I just got to be real. If you ever say he's above Kobe Bryant, who's literally locked Steph down multiple times in games, and I don't even want to hear he's better than Kobe. I'm so tired of people skipping over Kobe. I saw... You came out and had your own rant about it, Smitty. We talked about it before. How the fuck are you going to skip over Kobe? I'm not even skipping. There's about 20 other guys I'm not skipping over either to put Steph behind LeBron, uh, behind Michael. But uh, I do agree that this is Steph's era, not LeBron's. So we've already had that discussion. But Charlemagne yeah. said that. You agree? Hell no, it's not even a hell no, hell yeah, but hell no. And I love Steph. Steph's one of my favorite players. I mean, he's the greatest shooter of all time. I think he's in the conversation of top 10 player of all time. I will say that. Um, I think he's the number two point, greatest point guard of all time behind only Magic Johnson. 
So I think there's a lot of good things going going for him. But to say number two overall, Charlemagne's tripping. But Charlemagne did say, like in his opinion, in his eyes, what what, what he's seen. So at the, at the end of the day, JB, what I'm learning is that all this shit is ob- uh, subjective. You know, like you can look at metrics, but some people don't go based upon the metrics. You can look at rings. Some people don't go based upon rings. So it becomes a thing where it's like, how do you really rank the best players in the world, the best players of all time? And there's no exact formula to do so. So it's just all just opinionated at this point. Matt, I got to ask you, Matt. Do you, I, 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 good morning, sir. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Um, I got to ask you, you see this number on the screen, 40 slash 20 slash 10. That is what the fucking Joker stat line is going to be against fucking Bam Abigail, who's so fucking shitty that a Joker's going to average a goddamn triple-double at an all-time rate because at least Boston could score with you, I thought. And now we're going to see a – we're going to see – I thought Boston would have been a much better final. I don't know what you think. But before you get into that, Matt, did you hear our discussion? Charlemagne the God comes out and says, Steph, is now number two behind Michael Jordan, above Kobe, above LeBron. And I, I'm like, how the fuck are you going to skip him above all these people? Get the fuck out of here. Steph's a good point guard, but this is not his era. And he's not oh, better than Kobe. his era, though. I don't know if it's his era. I think if you ask anybody <clears throat> that's not in our generation, that's, that's – that's in these generation or or younger, they're gonna say LeBron. Um, it's LeBron's era, even though Steph's got four rings. He, you know, LeBron is looked at as the figurehead. Steph is looked at like he needed KD's help, and he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. That's he my did. point. That's my point. He got two rings without him. Let's, let's, let's throw that out there. Look, I'm just saying he he didn't need his help, but he also did need his help. Everybody needs help. That's. That's kind of a, a, a ridiculous argument. This argument like Michael did it all by himself is also ridiculous. So everybody needs help in good teams. Dominique Wilkins could have been the best player of all time if he had some fucking help. So, you know, it's it's just a it's just a matter of where you land, who they surround you with, and then the longevity and also coaching. I mean, Mike didn't win anything until he got the Zen Master. Kobe didn't win anything until he got the Zen Master. Shaq didn't win anything until he got the Zen Master. I mean, the one consistent here is him. So, triangle bitch. <laughs> I love it. Before, before Smitty asks you this, I got to ask you this right away. Um, this commander's losing their trademark request. Thank God. Um, I got to ask you this. This broke news last week. They already have a pending application. And then yesterday, this broke. They lost the trademark request. So, Good. I'm not. I'm not sure, Matt. Is that does that mean that they now have to rename the Commanders again? Yes, pretty much, and good because it's the worst name I've ever heard in my life. Um, look, man, I, the Redskins probably needed to go. All right, but it is what it is. I'm not. I, I'm not going to sit here and have that debate. I thought it was an iconic logo and team, but I'm also a white dude, so. I don't really have an opinion on this. Hey, but Matt, Steve Kim and I broke this down before. There is there is no Navajo fucking Indian sitting on the White House front lawn bitching about the name. I get it. I understand. And the majority it's a bunch of white liberals who bitched about the name change. I know. And they're the worst. And I don't want to deal with them, so fuck them. Um 
I I think that they should rename the team the Red Tails and pay pay homage to the Tuskegee Airmen and actually do something that is relevant rather than just coming up with the easiest fucking name possible. And you know what? A W. That's a W and the commander's done. Done. Yeah, done. Shit. You know, so it's just it it's just a shit franchise in the in the first place because of what Daniel Schneider did to it. But before he got there, they were pretty good. No doubt. They were really that's good. That's true. Really that's true, man. Now, going back, I know, you know, uh, Coach started off talking about your your nuggets and what the Joker's going to do to Bam. Look at, at game seven yesterday, man, seeing that he pulled off an impressive win. Do you have any concern at all about the Miami Heat? Or are you coming into the city with nothing but full confidence? Look, they may get one game. That's but they're it. not. I mean, they're not winning in Denver on Thursday night. Denver will run them out of the fucking building Thursday night. Um, although Miami has won every game, one on the road, they're not doing it in Denver. Denver hasn't lost on the road in the playoffs. Um, I'm going to game one with my boys, so I'm pretty excited about it. Tickets were super expensive, but I don't give a shit. Um, and then game two, I'll be going to cover on Saturday night because you know I work for Altitude, so. It's uh, I think that this series is, it has the potential to be an upset. I mean, Miami's beat everybody that they weren't supposed to consistently through the, through the playoffs. So I'm not saying they can't do it, but from a matchup perspective, I mean, Joker is going to eat Bam alive. Udonis Haslam isn't going to come off the bench and do anything. I mean, what are we talking about? Unless Jimmy Butler goes nuclear for 80 points a game, bro. And like, the Caleb Martin kid is nice. It's a good story. He's going to get paid this year. They got some dudes. I'm not saying they don't. But undrafted, like the undrafted Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler are not going to beat a two-time MVP and a guy who's playing that well with a healthy Murray, with a healthy Porter, you know, with KCP shooting the lights out, and Bruce Brown coming off the bench. Like, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a sweep. Mm, I hear you though, but listen, Tyler Hero's coming back. They say during this series, who was a key player for the Heat. I can see Jimmy Butler guarding Jamal Murray and slowing him down. Like, there's some factors here. This ain't the Celtics, and it's not Al Horford. And they would have swept the Celtics. This, look, the Celtics have a really good player in Jason Tatum, who is, I don't, he, he's like the guard version of Anthony Davis to me. Um, me too. I, he, he drives me crazy. He can be so good, but then he just fades away and gets a little ankle tweak, and that's the reason he didn't play well. And oh, poor you. Um, I, I think that the 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 Eastern Conference, when Milwaukee got knocked out, I was like, we're good. Giannis got hurt. We're good. Well, we don't have to worry about the Bucks anymore because that that's the team where I think Giannis can just take over, and they got shooters around him. And I think next year that will be the finals, Denver Milwaukee. So. Huh. I, Look, I, I, Miami's a good story, bro, and it's just recency bias if anybody's going to pick them. But if anybody in the national media actually has the audacity to come out still and be like, the Heat are going to beat the Nuggets, you're just a fucking moron. And if it happens, I'll eat, I'll eat crow. But, I mean, come on, dog. Where? Hey, man, I got to ask you, though. Well, um... well, hold on. Let me finish. In a one-off, yeah, I, Miami might be able to pull off a game in a one-off. But in a seven-game series where Denver has home court, we're not going to Boston on Thursday. Miami's coming to Denver. And I just I just don't see how the, the Nuggets can play as bad as they need to play in order for Miami to win. 
Here's my take. Spo, the head coach, Spolstra, in my opinion, uh, is a big factor. Now, mm-hmm. I <laughs> want to see Malone prove to me that at least he coached in a bigger type of series in the Lakers series, even though the Lakers just shit on themselves and that game was dom- that series was dominated. I thought I think Spolstra will be a very, very key factor in this because Malone has been known to be out coached in critical games. And I want to know if yeah. I, I just yeah. want to know if Miami has yeah, enough firepower. Tell me when specifically he's being out coached in critical games. Every year that he's been the head coach. What that's do you fucking mean? What do you fucking mean? Tell me they haven't won nothing. Bro, that's the dumbest fucking shit I've ever heard. And you sound that like the dumbest shit, man. How many rings y'all got, homie? All right, bro. So was he out coached in the bubble when they came back from three one twice and then yes. the Western Conference Finals? That's bullshit. He wasn't out coached. How, how was he not? He wasn't out coached. He coached his ass off. They came back from three one twice. That's pretty good coaching. And then lost in the Western Conference Finals to the eventual champs. And then he we lost. More excuses for excuses around this motherfucker than I've ever heard in my life. Reason, has no results, homie. He hasn't won he shit. Hey, hey, motherfucker, you want to let me talk? Or he hasn't won though. Okay. Go ahead, go ahead. I got it. What, what else you gonna tell me? There's reasons, and there's excuses, and excuses are what Laker fans are coming up with right now. Reasons are what I'm giving you. So let me speak. I agree to that. Then he lost Porter and Murray, his two best players beside Jokic, just for Nikola to go back to back MVPs and almost average triple double. That was pretty good coaching, and get back into the playoffs, win a series one year get beat, lose the series, get swept the other year with Jokic as the MVP. That sucked. But the Suns didn't make it to the finals. So I'm going to sit here and say, okay, so Mike Malone or Michael Malone is being outcoached. They've been the one seed since December. He's done nothing but make the right calls. They, they have home court advantage through the playoffs, and they're about to hoist a trophy. And you're telling me he's going to get outcoached because Eric Spolster – one rings with LeBron, D Wade, and Chris Bosch. He ain't never won shit without superstars. You can get there, but it ain't winning. So, so I'll throw it back to you. If Michael Malone was the head coach of the Heat instead of Eric Spolster, he'd have two fucking rings and maybe three. Maybe he would have gotten LeBron to play hard in the Mavericks series instead of shit all over himself. So let's just sit here and not act like you can have that. Com- that conversation is irrelevant right now because they haven't been and enough huge opportunities to make that fucking comment. But you got to win first before I can yes. say if he okay. had this, if it was so a fit. You already owe me $100 from the Lakers series. Do you want to double down on this one and lose $200? No, because I'm not a believer in this Miami Heat team. I'm not a fucking believer in this goddamn. I'm wearing pink, homie. I'm fucking wearing pink because I lost last night because fucking Tatum pussy ass fucked me. Well, that's, you should have known that was coming. I told everybody at noon that Miami was going to win. I called it too, man. JB didn't believe me, and that's why he's sitting here with the with look like the Pink Panther right now. I mean, what I'm going to say is real quick is the one thing, because listen, I, I'm going with the Nuggets as well. Is that salmon or pink? Man, let the chat. We got that debate right now out there. We don't know. This is the pinkest shirt I could find last night, last minute at fucking Burlington. Yeah. Okay. Days of finger banging Mary Jane Rottencrops through her pretty pink panties are over. <laughs> <laughs> JB, he hates it, man. He hates it. Master, you know more movie quotes than anyone I fucking know. 
Yeah, I got a lot of free time. <laughs> I love it, man. But what I was gonna say is, we we are all in agreement that we believe the Nuggets is obviously the better team. But the Miami Heat has been shocking us the entire playoff. No one thought they were gonna beat the Bucks. Giannis was out for two games, but he came back, and they still lost. They they beat the Celtics. They beat the like at, like at some point we got to start believing in the Heat. I know they were in the AC, but they're in the finals now. So fuck how the regular season went. They're here now. Believe in them. Take them. <laughs> I don't believe in them. I'm just saying. So all this fucking hype and talk is bullshit. Take them. You and you take the fucking heat right now. I ain't taking shit. I might not even watch a game of this motherfucker. I have no interest. Why you wouldn't watch a game? You're going to watch Jokic chop up out of Bayou. Jimmy Buckets will go off. He'll probably get a game. And Denver will win in five at home. And we're going to have a fucking party. And shit, if they win, I have to cover myself in fucking green jello. So I I should be rooting for the heat. (laughs) Hold on. What? Hold on. Explain that. I think I hopped on a little too late. No, this is this is a long time ago, a, a bet that was made on air <clears throat> against the national rival. I can't remember who it was, so maybe I don't have to do it. But I was like, if the, you know, if the Nuggets win, I'll you know, he, you know, I'll, I'll bet you this or whatever. And I was like, yeah, when they win, I'll cover myself in green jello. And now they're in the finals. So fuck. Oh shit, we got to see that, man. Please post that out. Hey, now, now I'm rooting for the Nuggets more than ever. I got to see Madison Green Jello. I'm going to go get both your girlfriends to cover me. <laughs> hey, LBC Rob, he even sending me messages and shit. You bet on Boston, homeboy. You from LA. Motherfucker, I bet $1,000. Scared money don't make no money, motherfucker. What are you talking about, homie? Who are you going to bet on? Motherfuckers always love to talk without doing shit. Motherfucker, I, I, bet on something then, homie. What are you talking about? Hey, Matt, Matt, I got to ask you something, man. When everybody fucking yapping and all this talking shit, you from L.A., don't bet on Boston. Motherfucker, what does money have to do with where you're from? I'm confused. (laughs) Look, look, I I bet on damn near everything. So (laughs) I bet bet on last night and won, and it was nice. I lost. I'm a fucking degenerate. I'm a fucking degenerate. To win, so... Hey Matt, before you get out of here today, I got We got to do a. We're gonna play a game with you today. Me and Darnell, Darnell and I, a grammatically correct person that I am, with the education, education that I have. I, we're gonna. Hey Darnell, let's play hell yeah, hell no with Big Matt right now. Big Matt, let's do it. Let's do it. Hey hell yeah, hell no, Matt. Jimmy Butler outplays Joker in the NBA Finals. Hell yeah, hell no. Hell no. Not even not a shot. It's a it's an easy conversation. No. Mm, okay, I got one. Let me go next, Rick. Let me go next. The Celtics lost the series, but they were still the better team. Hell yeah or hell no? Hell no. Should have won. Yeah, game seven at home. You're not the better team. I agree to that. You choke artist ass fucking. I they did you hear the head coach before? So many opportunities. Did you hear the head coach before the game give it a speech? That was the worst speech I've ever heard. You want to talk about being out coached? That fucking dude got told, got circles ran around his ass. Hey Matt, but just smile. Yeah, That's gonna win games. Everyone have fun. Have fun. Yeah. That'll cement my legacy. Let's no, smile. Have fun, have fun hey, JB, if you can find a video, can you play that motherfucker again? Because the more I think about it, the more funny it is. Like he said, just smile. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable, dog. I, I, I've never seen no shit like it in my life. Okay, last game, it took 47 minutes, 59.999 seconds. All right? Tonight, it may take 48, it may take 53, it may take 
58, it doesn't matter. You bring it and you stay in it for however long we have to stay in it for. You better fucking smile while you do it. You better have the most fun you can. All right? Hey, Matt! And then, and then he tries to, like, gangbang on him. You better fucking smile. <laughs> <laughs> you better fucking smile. I'll tell you, if you don't fucking smile... Oh, I'm gonna put my foot over your ass. <laughs> I've ever heard in my fucking life, ever. Man, I don't get it. I've been, get I've been it. around Dan Hawkins at practice when he said, "Look at the flat iron. How beautiful is that?" I was on the sideline, like, "What the fuck is this dude talking about?" But the flat irons have been there for a long time. I, look, man, I, this is the this is where coaching is going. This is what happens when you hire a 33 year old kid to get his first coaching job with the Boston fucking Celtics. If they would have had Nick Nurse or Frank Vogel or anybody that's an adult, they probably would have won game seven or even closed it a lot faster than they did. Look, I'm not saying the kid can't coach. He obviously got his team to the Eastern Conference Finals, but this kind of shit screams player talk to me. Like, he thinks he's one of the guys and he's giving a player talk. You're the head coach. You're not giving a talk. You're telling them what's about to happen. You're not asking them to have fun. What the fuck are we talking about? Like, are we going to fucking, like, recess to play on the court and, like, everybody have a good time? This is the game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals at the Garden. And I know it's not the old Garden, but it's still the fucking Garden. It's still on hollow grounds. Like, this is, it's Lakers, Celtics, Warriors, and every fucking buddy else. And the Heat are one of the everybody else's, and they've got they've got a bunch of rings, but they're still it, they're not at seventeen and sixteen yet. So I just I thought it was a bad look, and it's it's look it's this new era where everybody on Twitter and TikTok and Instagram and YouTube and everyone in the comments is the baddest motherfucker ever, and everyone's super tough, and all the telephone tough guys out there that can type really fast or talk shit. They're the toughest people on earth. And now this dude, who's not the most of intimidating, he's not going to demand a room where everybody's going to be like, holy shit, coach is talking. I guarantee you there were dudes in the back off camera or even on that were rolling their eyes and like exhaling like this motherfucker. Guaranteed, because that's the way dudes are. They can look, they can see through this shit in a fucking second. It's like that speech reminded me of when I was a, in my sixth year and we drafted Tim Tebow. And a week into the fucking, a week into the off season, he was like trying to do prayer meetings and get a bunch of adult men to come like hang out and do his shit. We were like, this ain't Florida motherfucker. What are you talking about? Do your job. Like, you know, save your speech bullshit. I don't need to get in a, in a circle and hold hands and sing Kumbaya like we're in Gainesville. We're in Denver. You know, so in a profession, you shouldn't need to be motivated like this. I need to be game planned. I need to know how we're going to stop Jimmy Butler. Caleb Martin scoring like a fucking, like a, like a, a hose that hasn't been turned off in three games. How are we going to cover him? You know, like I, I didn't see any, any, like one thing I saw in Miami last night is the full court pressure on defense. They went from, from match zone to one-on-one back to back to back to back possessions. And Boston couldn't figure it out because Tatum is a mental cripple. Jalen Brown is just fucking shooting three pointers. What'd they go for? eight for 50 yesterday. I mean, maybe we could run some offense and then just stop hucking up shots. That's the thing about this generation that I can't get behind. Like, I don't understand why getting an easy two is worse 
than a hard three. Like, I, I don't know I don't know how many times I watch guys go up the court, and I'm like, one extra pass, dunk, and he'll throw it out to the fucking corner and miss a three and starts another fast break the other way. It's one of the reasons I love watching the Nuggets as much as I do, and I'm so glad they're in my hometown, is they take the easy two. Nikola doesn't do that shit. He'll make the extra pass. Yeah, he has 10 assists a game, but he's also a freak. He's not, he's not like everyone else. But he also... He lives in the paint, bro. He's going to eat the fucking heat alive in the paint. So I know why, Matt. We're, we're in an instant gratification era. These motherfuckers need it now. They want a three because <laughs> Steph shoots 57 footers all day. But this started with Steph. It, was, it didn't happen before Steph. People were shooting threes. They were shooting threes, but they weren't shooting threes like this. No, I know. I mean, there's maybe, there's maybe two guys. I take that back. There's five guys off the top of my head that are guards that I'm like, okay, that's probably good when he shoots it. And that's Steph, Lillard, Murray, Devin Booker. <sighs> Shit. Clay, Clay when he's hot. Yeah, but he's more, he's a small forward. I, I don't, he, I know he plays shooting guard for them, but I mean, Clay's, Clay, a shoot, I need a shooting guard to also defend, and he ain't covering shit. I mean, he, fuck. Give me a break. He used to before the knee. He, he used to with them knee injuries, yeah. He ain't no more. So, hey, man, hell yeah, hell no, Matt. Um, Caleb Martin is the Miami Heat MVP. Yes, he is. Me, thank you. Hell yes, he is. If without Caleb Martin, the Miami Heat do not advance, and I don't know why fucking Butler got the MVP. He didn't do shit in that series. Well, that's also not that's true. False. He also he balled the fuck out in all but one game. The game six he played really poorly. He's still at twenty. But look, Butler won it because he's the name. But Caleb Martin is the reason they won the series. And look, you want to go down in fucking lore, then go beat the number one seed and Caleb Martin and Jimmy Butler become the new one-two punch of Miami. And they give Caleb Martin a hundred fifty million dollar max contract, and he rides off into the sunset, all the way to Tootsie's. <laughs> My thing is, real quick, I know Keller Martin balled out, but I don't have a problem with Jimmy Butler winning it because, again, I said it the other day, Jimmy Butler's the star player on that team, which means he's going to get the full focus and attention of the opponent. What that does is that frees up the others, as Shaq likes to call them, the Caleb Martins, the Vences, things like that, and you're supposed to knock down shots and make those plays, which he did at a high level. But again, you look at the stat line for, for, for Jimmy during his playoffs, and, and Magic hit the nail right on the head. He had one bad game where he had, I think, what, uh, uh, was 14 points or whatever. The rest of the series had 35, 27. He had one game when he got 16, but that's because he set out because they were beating the Boston Southern's ass. Got 29, and then the closeout just now, he got 24, I think 11 and 8. So it's not like Gene Butler was out here chopped liver. It's like this guy balled out too, and, and and to me, I don't know if the award is based upon just the one series or is a, is upon the entire journey. But you got to give it to Jimmy. Now this we're just is. talking about this series. Well, look, look. This, this, I know Butler's their team MVP. I'm talking about this series. Once well, even in the series, I just read you the stat line. He's very, he balled out this series. Like I think we're, we're. I don't. All right, now 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 read me Caleb Martin's lines. Let me find it, man. Let me let, let me look it up for you, man. Go ahead, Matt. Look, look, this this series that's coming up. I know that like the networks are pissed because it's not Boston and Lakers, and everybody that's either in LA or Boston wants to see the same damn thing we've seen a hundred times. But the Lakers and the Celtics shouldn't have been where they got. I mean, Philadelphia is a better team than Boston. They just 
they have Embiid, and he can't close a fucking cabinet. So, you know. To like me, man, it's a you problem, and I'm tired of defending you problems. Like, the Lakers lost. That's a fucking you problem. Boston, you lost. It's a you problem. Oh, well. I get it. I'm trying to make a point. I'm saying no, that. No, I'm really, defending your ass. Yeah. If you're really a an NBA fan and you really love basketball, because if the Celtics and the Lakers were watching the finals, I would watch every minute of every game, even if my Nuggets weren't in it. Because I, I appreciate greatness, and I want to watch LeBron, and I want to see him beat Tatum, and blah, 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 blah. I watched every game last year. I thought it was a good finals, not a great finals, but good. This year has the potential to be a sweep. It could go seven. Miami's got fucking heart. I don't know. I'm just saying that if you can't appreciate a team that's so well coached, like Eric Spolstra's, that doesn't have a lot of superstar power, and but has a guy like Jimmy Butler who changes in the playoffs, Upstart like Caleb Martin and Vincent and all these other cats. And then on the other side, you've got an up-and-coming potential dynasty that has to get their first ring in order to gain the respect they need to build that. So you've got a coach on one side that's got multiple rings, but with unbelievably talented players, but has visits to the finals without him, which tells me that he's pretty fucking good at his job. But in this game, man, when's the last time you've seen an upset in a seven-game series? Like a legitimate, like, oh, my God, I can't believe, like in the finals. When's the last time you saw somebody in the finals, like the Lakers and the Sixers in in 01 or 2000, whatever that was? It it was 01, right? They had beat the Nets in 2000. They got the Sixers. Yeah, Iverson won game one. The Lakers went 15-1 and in the whole damn playoffs. I mean that's that the that Sixers team reminds me of this Heat team. You know, big guy in the middle, Bam's better offensively than Dikembe was, but then uh, you know a bunch of role players around. Eric, Eric Snow, and they had a bunch of shooters around Iverson. They got you know they got dudes around Iverson, and if Iverson has a bad night, we're fucked. So Caleb Martin can pull some of the of the strain away here and help offensively. But this is the thing, guys. They're going from a seven-game just balls-to-the-wall series against Boston straight onto a plane straight to Denver to play Thursday night. They got here this morning, okay? So they'll have a day and a half to acclimate and get the soreness out of their body at a mile high. And then they have to chase around Michael Porter Jr. and KCP and Murray and Jokic, by the way, who's going to be sprinting up and down the fucking court like a goddamn – you know, like like a Serbian tank. <laughs> so it's look, man. I just they're gonna be exp- expunging so much effort on defense, chasing everybody around in Denver. They go back to Miami 2-0. It's fucking they cook them, dude. I mean, you might be able to get one in South Beach, but look, this is what I'll say, and then I got to get out of here. I got I got to run this morning. I'm pretty busy. Um, the when you look at championships, okay. <clears throat> the Broncos won their first, or excuse me. Yeah, ne- never mind. Never mind. I, I, every, but every title, CU won their first title in Miami. Uh, the Avalanche won their first title against the Florida Panthers in Miami, who are back in the Stanley Cup. Mm. And the Broncos won their last title in Miami against the Falcons. So there's a tie-in with Denver and Miami here now. The Nuggets are playing the Heat in the finals. So I'm just 
I'm, the writing's on the wall, bro. If you if you're look, if you're gonna take the the heat in this series, you obviously haven't been watching the Lakers. Or hey, before you, as you get out of here, um, more impressive to you. What what would excite you more and get your little dick hard? The Colorado oh. Buffs winning ten games this year, or the fucking Nuggets winning it all? Oh, games. Ah, to you. I, I know. I already know. I didn't have to fucking ask that question. I love the Nuggets, but I I am a Buffalo, so <laughs> my job. There's a huge difference between being a fan of something and being something. Like once you do that, you can't undo it. So if no I doubt. if I played power forward for the Nuggets for six years or five years or whatever, I'd probably say the Nuggets, but I didn't. <laughs> this is not Antonio McDice over here. So uh yeah, I'm gonna go Buffs. <laughs> uh I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Jets. Like I I would rather the Jets win the Super Bowl. And I'm in Denver. I'd be running around by myself going fucking nuts. Interesting. Hey, man. I know you got to get out of here. I appreciate you. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you uh, th- later on this week. All right, boys. Go Nugs. All right. Yeah, peace. Sorry. Have a good one. Uh, Matt McChesney, everybody. Follow him, 6-0 Academy. Uh, make sure you go buy that bag that he's selling as well. Um, it's selling like hotcakes. Steve Kimball join us here in about six minutes, uh, Big Smitty. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's the chat talking about? I'm seeing some good messages in the chat. I see uh, Uncle Mooch. I put this on the screen. I actually like this comparison, though. The Pistons-Lakers 4 That Pistons team on paper should have not been in the same conversation as that Lakers team that was loaded with Hall of Famers and veterans. But we saw that Pistons team who played with grit. They played together. They played with heart. And they ended up upsetting that Lakers in five games. Now, I know it's a little different yeah, situation, yeah, but the big comparison. Oh, no, Gary Payton. Everybody was hurt. It, it was an old Laker team that should have never been put together, in my opinion. That Laker team um, should have never been put together. You had a bunch of injuries, and you had a rookie. Uh, people forget you had a rookie um, Bynum and did not play that game, and Trevor Ariza, straight out of Fairfax, LA, did not play in that series either. So you lost a shitload of things in that finals against the Pistons. And, uh, and, and, and you know, I still don't know. That Piston team was just a bunch of work hard, still mill. Uh, and then we had a Compton native who was leading this trade and, 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 and that in, in, in Prince. So that was a, uh, a very well oiled machine, in my opinion. Like the heat, a lot of dogs, a lot of steel meal, put on your boots, put on your steel hat. That's, that's what I'm saying. I, I do think it's a good comparison. Those guys are just people counted them out, but they just play grimy, tough, gritty. I'm not saying it's going it's going to happen, but I can see that comparison and how that situation could happen. Because on paper, everybody's going to pick the Nuggets on paper. It's like they're the number one seed. Been number one seed since December. They got a two time MVP. He probably should have won a third one this year. You got Jamal Moore. You got all these pieces. But Miami just got these dogs who's hungry. They want to, they're looking for their next meal, and it might be a chicken nugget. That's all I'm saying. Hey, without further ado, we're we're back to back here on this Talk That Talk Tuesday. Pound the like button. We should have 500 likes in here. We got 500 people. Uh, appreciate everybody joining us. Without further ado, let's bring in my main man, Steve Kim, with the fearless sign behind him. Steve, I got to ask you. I'm going to clap it up for you. Now, hold on, guys. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. And can you see me? Good. Oh, good, good, good. Oh, by the way, hey, I'm joined by Molly Ringwald, pretty in pink. Looks nice on you. Dude. I love it. Everybody's proud of you, JB. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got something to show you. I should have worn these. I didn't even think about it. 
Uh oh, I'm, I'm uh -oh. nervous. Steve. I got some pink panties. Hey, look, hey, Steve, look at this. It's a great day to have a great fucking day. Oh, God. Okay. Those JB, are like I don't ever want to see you in them, motherfucker. No, mm -hmm. don't ever, ever, ever put them on. Women's panties. I should have worn these, motherfucker. Let my nuts hang. Hey, let me, <laughs> let me ask you something, Steve. I got to get right into this real quick. Yes. We got. We got um, Allen Iverson talk going on right now because Matt brought him up. We don't have it, but I want to bring it up. The year that they played and lost to the Lakers, they beat them in what game one. The Lakers had that yeah. historic fifteen and one season in the playoffs. They beat. They ended up gentlemen sweeping the the, the, the Philadelphia 76ers. I there's an interesting show coming now about the Larry Brown Allen Iverson. Um, relationship I'm, I'm sure you know about it i want to i'm really interested i'd rather see that than a lot of these other shows that are yes out. um alan iverson's come out on record saying that he regrets yes. not taking the tough coaching and criticism yes. from mary brown you know what this is a lesson for all you kids shut up learn and listen uh, I, and you. larry brown is one of the great basketball minds. Now, he was a little bit neurotic. He changed jobs every two years. He, he never created a set legacy. It's really a shame that he didn't decide to become a great college coach because at UCLA, he could have been, I don't want to say the next John Wooden, but he could have been a lot like Patino. And he could have created his own little mini dynasty, but he was a vagabond. But I, you know, I actually give Allen Iverson credit for as immature and as undisciplined as he was as a young kid or a young man. As an older individual, I think it's a sign of growth and wisdom when he actually now admits, you know what? I was not a great student. I should have been better. I should have been more coachable. And Larry Brown helped me. I actually give him a lot of credit for flat out saying, you know what? If I had to do it all again, I would have been a more compliant individual to his teachings because I could have been even better. So I, I give, I actually give Alan credit for being that type of individual because I think he can actually help teach young kids. Like, you know what? You don't know anything. You really know nothing. You could actually learn from people that have been down that road. So that's a fascinating thing. I'll tell you what, that job Larry Brown and Alan Iverson did in taking Aaron McKee, Eric Snow, uh, Mutombo was brought in halfway through the season. They traded. Oh, was McDice on that team? Who? McDice? No, Antonio McDice was, I don't believe, on that team. I think he was still in Denver, but I could Maybe, be wrong. Yeah. Maybe, But they yeah. just had a bunch of role players, and they were solid because they comp – the thing with Allen Iverson, the way he played guard, he was not a point guard. He was more of a combo guard that shot a lot. You needed to have guys that didn't need to have a lot of set plays for him. It was not easy to play with Iverson. And to go to the NBA Finals, it's probably even a better job than Larry Brown did a few years later in taking the Pistons to the NBA title. No doubt. Man, no that's question. a good one, man. And you just named two teams that, that both got brought up in the conversation in comparison to the Miami Heat. That, that Detroit Pistons team, I saw someone in the chat had to kind of compare that, that 4 series with the, the Pistons and the Lakers. And obviously the Detroit Pistons kind of upset the Lakers there. I think it was a gentleman's sweep, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, do you see any comparisons to that Detroit Pistons team and his Miami Heat team this year? Uh, that's a tough one. That Piston team, if I remember correctly, I don't think they had a bona fide all-star. I know Chauncey Billups had a big series. Uh, obviously, uh, Big Ben Wallace was an absolute defensive monster. 
And Rip Hamilton, great mid-range game. And, and, you know, the thing about the Lakers that year was when Carl Malone went down, it completely disrupted what they were trying to do on both sides of the court. The Lakers actually played well at the end of the year. They beat the Spurs in a really good six-game series. And Slava Medvedenko just was not going to be able to, to do what Malone did even at that stage. I, I, the issue with me is I think Denver's just a well-oiled machine. They can play both sides of the court fairly well. And offensively, they're just not a chuck and duck three-point shooting team. And, and Jokic just seems like he is going to be able to carry them. I'm not so sure that Boston was not a tougher matchup than they Miami. I said it. I so said it. I, I kind of expect a five or six game uh, win for the Denver Nuggets. I, I think they're going to take home their first Larry O'Brien trophy. Did you did you get to hear the speech by the head coach for the Celtics prior about smiles and smiles win games? Uh, yeah. uh, you know, I don't you know. You know what loses games? Game. Shooting eight for 42 from three. Hey, guys, hey, you either coach hoop. it or allow it. Coming from a coach, you yeah. allow it or you coach it. I, I when mean, is the, smile, the smiley guy going to go in here and say, hey, man, Stop fucking shooting threes. How about we get in the ball and move it around and get in and take us two? I don't want to see another three-point shot. I don't see that out of a 32-year-old head coach telling guys that make $100 million uh, stop shooting threes. That's the problem I see. Yeah, but, I mean, look, he got placed in a tough situation as Nia Long's ex was, you know, playing the field. And, you know, he got thrust into this job. I, I thought what was worse was his post-game interviews. I mean, look, well, I, face- I got, you want to see that? I got that, too. I thought I mean, he was rude as shit, don't you? Agreed. I how eloquently to ask it, so I'm just going to say, what happened? Uh, they played better than we did. Why? I don't know. Uh, but our guys gave everything they had, and that's the most why, why does he look like he's got, like, 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 fucking, like, bag? I mean, I don't know. I, I get a head coach. You're, you're up a lot. But this guy looks something, something else. He wants to be Popovich so bad, in my opinion. Well, guys, let me just say this. Uh, everyone that's ever played sports understands when you lose, you're, you're not in a great mood. You don't want to talk to people. It's the same repetitive questions. Trust me, I'm part of the media. I've been guilty of it. But when you are the face of a franchise, like a head coach or a quarterback, you know when I was really off on Colin Kaepernick? Even before he did that fake protest, that, that thing where he ruined his own career after it was over, and I remember after some games, and specifically like a Super Bowl, his answers, I said, ah, that's not my quarterback. Every answer was, nah, yeah, nah. And I'm like, you're not smart enough to be my franchise quarterback. I'm serious. And people will say, oh, Steve, you're taking it too far. Yeah, I am. I'm not changing, so get over it. Joe, you got you to gotta master your cliches, just like in Bull Durham. You, you, you've got to master your cliches. And look, the media can be your enemy or they can be your friend. And I've seen a lot of heartbreaking losses where coaches at least give you something. And I can tell you this from a human standpoint, as a media member, in your toughest moments, if you work with me and at least give me something to work with instead of nah, nah, yeah. You know what? Next time when it's a 50-50 situation, and this is just whether it's wrong or right, I'm going to tell you how it is with the media. I'm going to be like, you know what, that guy? Gave me something to work with. He's actually a class act. Now, if you're gonna be a dickhead, oh, I'm, oh, yeah, I'm gonna have some fun. Hey, I, I, I bet you the old coach at least would have been like, motherfucker, I'm gonna run through every one of your girls if you don't fucking show up tonight. Like, at least well, that was the other coach. 
That was the that was the coach that that was Ema. Ema did that. So that that right there, I, I don't know if Joe was really going to do that. Look, he's he's a good young coach. It is what it is. I I tell you the guy that lost money, Jalen Brown. God dog, he lost a lot of money last night. He's a turnover machine. Uh, you want to pay that guy fifty million? I don't pass. And they said two hundred ninety million. They're going to try to pay him the uh, max. Max, I pay him the min because he's mid. He's okay. <laughs> So let me ask you this, Steve. Do you think it's time for the Celtics to kind of break up that 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 core that that Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart? Like, is it time to move on and try something different? At the very least, Smitty, I would try to have a change in philosophy. This is where the analytics does not work, unless you're playing with AI or robots. There are times when shots do not fall. It has nothing to do with coaching. And and, and JB, I I disagree with you about being out coached. Sometimes the other guy has better players. A trainer has a better fighter. Think about it. Larry Coker won a national title. Worst coach ever. He couldn't outcoach anybody, but he had the 2001 Hurricanes. His IQ got higher. I, I oh, don't. No, I, I say it all the time. You know me. I say coaching's overrated. Players win games, right. coaches lose them. But this is the thing. I haven't seen Malone do it yet. That is why I well, brought that Well, he might do way. it now, and then we might say he's a genius. But, Smitty, to your question, if there's a game where your three-point and your perimeter game is struggling, you got to call timeouts and guys pound it into the post. Right. Get some easy buckets or get to the free throw line, create some momentum, create some good feeling, and let's get going. Uh, but their style of game is very hit or miss. And I thought Charles Barkley did a great job yesterday of laying it out. Their style of play can be all about do our shots fall or not. Now, I, I know that you could say that for every game, but there comes a point in time where if a player realizes, you know what, uh, my three-point shooting is not on today for whatever reason, I'm going to get to the bucket I'm going to at least get myself to the free throw line and get some points on the board. I just, I don't know. Look, we have to be fair about this. When Jason Tatum rolled his ankle on that very first play, that changed a lot of what he can do because he was obviously hobbled for about 47 minutes of that game. Yeah, it screwed it up for me. Hey, I got to ask you this, though. Since since, um, Miami is now a complete basketball city, uh, the Miami Hurricanes college men's basketball team is much better than the football team. You got the Miami Heat. That's a much better, you know, thing. Um, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, but no, I'm not. I think Mario, hey, Mario Cristobal is on the clock in the sense that Hell yeah. I, I don't care if Miami wins five national titles in basketball. There will always be a football school in terms of its identity. When people talk about the U, it is about the football program. It has nothing to do with the school. I, I, I actually don't like when other teams from the University of Miami use the U. The U is about Jimmy Johnson, Jerome Brown, Michael Irvin, Ray Lewis, Steve Walsh, those guys. The guys that walked off the plane in Army fatigues. The guys that started fights in the tunnel. Uh, the coin toss would, would just almost start. That's the U. This stuff here is the sanitized version um, but I want to say one thing about the Miami basketball culture. This, what is happening with the Miami Heat is a testament to the great Pat Riley. I love the fact that Pat, and you'll enjoy this, JB. I love the fact that Pat Riley had the balls to tell LeBron, LeBron, you can't have all your homies on the plane. Um, you're an important piece of this cog, but you are not the whole car. We're not letting the tail wag the dog. And I read some story well, a couple of years ago, players were bitching and moaning about Spolstra. And Pat Riley said, yeah, that's great. Get your ass back on the court. I make the decisions here. You're not firing our coach. 
That's culture. That's culture. And I'm glad he didn't roll over. That's why Pat Riley's one of the great basketball men that ever was. I agree. hundred percent, man. hundred percent. That, that heat culture, that, that just overall, you know, just that dog mentality that we talk about that stems from your leadership. And then that comes from, from years and years of just Pat Riley being that, being that guy. Um, now, something we just talked about with, with Matt, you know, about the series. Jimmy Butler won the MVP. Do you think he deserved it, or do you think Caleb Martin should have gotten it? You know, that that's – you know, when it comes to these awards, generally the bigger-name player will win. Like in typically, 2010, typically. there's a strong argument that Pau Gasol should won the NBA Finals MVP over Kobe, but Kobe's Kobe. I thought Butler for a game or two got into a bit of, of a situation where he got the yips. He kept double clutching and triple pumping and not. I'm just like, hey, bro, you're not a Olajuwon. Go up with your shot. And he got caught into that little thing where he got the yips. Now, yesterday, he started doing that the first couple of possessions. But starting around the halfway point of the first quarter, he just made a decision. I'm going up with my shot. I'm going to let stuff go. And he had some key baskets that stemmed the momentum, but also so did Caleb. Caleb earned a lot of money. A lot of the money that Jalen Brown lost, I think, has been picked up by Caleb Martin. But again, most of these awards are generally won by the bigger name players. I think one of the few times it really wasn't when Iguodala won it over Steph Curry. Right, right. But there's not that many instances of that happening. Hey, I got to ask you, though. I'm with I'm with some of the people in the chat. I was going to bring this up. Why are we giving out a fucking award for every single series, though? Like, <laughs> why? Well, uh, we're we're doing it everybody should get an award. I mean, we're so soft, man. I, it's just like, what are we doing? I well, thought it was a minute. NBA championship. Coach, Come they on. do it for the conference finals. That's <laughs> Thank it's you. Not like, it's not like they're going first round, the first round MVP. They don't have that. <laughs> They're doing it's it the, the best team in the East and the best team in the West. Right. They're really paying homage to your OGs, to your people, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. That's really what they're doing. Ain't that what you asked for, JB? Show the oh, old people respect? Everything has a name now. Everything has an award name to it. I mean, like, you got to be shitting me. Let's give out more awards. We need more awards out here. Fuck. So we can steal the Amazon packages on the fucking porch. I don't see the connection right there, Jerry, yeah, that, but okay. That's, that's the, well, you went way out there with that one. Jeez. Hey, I don't think Jimmy like, Butler is stealing Amazon packages. We're enabling more and more. Don't you see? We're giving out more awards. We're enabling for more. Gimme, 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 gimme. That's what they're we're doing. They're giving it out. They're earning the reward. They're not giving out the trophy. Huh? I said they're they're not just giving out the trophy. Like these guys are earning it. That's a different conversation. We're not talking about the little league pickup team where everybody's a winner. No, yeah. Jim, there's one winner on the East, one winner on the West. Jimmy Brother won it. Jokic won it. They earned it. We're doing that now. Look at look at the award. I'm talking about Steve. Steve, think about the regular season awards. How many NBA awards have we renamed? Right? That's a whole thing. We renamed all these awards. If you didn't notice, we've done that in the last year. And now we're giving away. So so Steph Curry, what'd he just get, Big Smitty? What award? I don't know. What did he get? He got the Humanitarian Award, which is the Jerry West Award. Wait a minute. He, he got, got the, the new award. award. Wait, hold on. Are you sure he won the Humanitarian Award? Yeah. That's ironic because him and his wife said to low-income housing near their home, they said, oh, hell no. <laughs> That ain't very humanitarian. 
Boy, he's like his own sanctuary city. They love to be hey, sanctuary cities. Sanctuaries. Okay. They I want to give away that Steph award. Before. I want to give that away. Yeah, give okay, Steph, give that back. Y'all <laughs> crazy, that, man. I didn't even know you won an award. Section eight <laughs> matter two, Steph. God dog. Hey, it. Smitty, they're giving out a what Dame Lillard get? Dame Lillard got something. I had to look it up. I had to look it up. I, I haven't seen any uh any of these like awards. It must oh, not yeah, be a lot yeah, of press work yeah, behind yeah, it. Uh, Chris said it right, uh Steve. So they call the humanitarian award. They gave him a name now based on like a player that relates or correlates to that specific word. It's now called the Kareem Award. That's what Steph got. It's the humanitarian award, but it's now called the Kareem the Award. Kareem Award. Okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. How about we call it Lou Alcindor Award? <laughs> I don't think that would play well. <laughs> Shit. Now Marcus Smart got the Hustle Award, by the way. That's not bad. Boy, Marcus Smart's one of these guys. I watched this game yesterday. He shoots a lot of threes, and I have to tell you, he's not that good of a shooter. He's a very, very streaky shooter. Um, he's the type of guy that after two misses, if I'm the coach, I'm saying, Marcus, your next few shot attempts better be near the bucket. You are not Steph Curry. I think that's one of the problems with today's game. If you are Steph Curry – you have a license. You have a green light to shoot at any time. But yesterday, you shot eight for 42 from three-point land. That gets you beat. That, that'll that never win you a big basketball game. You you live and die by the three. I mean, the three-point is what kind of got you there. You kind of – I mean, you got to stick to your, your guns at that point. It's game seven. That If that's what is a large part of your offense – because I've seen the Warriors do the same thing. As great as they are, I've seen the Warriors lose games where it's like, damn, like you guys are struggling. Steph is struggling. But it's like, that's our game plan. That's that's what we do. Like That's who we are. So hey, I look, can't look change my identity. Look at the screen. My, Mikkel Bridges got the Iron Man Award. And look at this. Lillard got this award, Steve. He got the Twyman Stokes Teammate of the Year Award. Get the fuck out of here. Can we stop with this shit? That's a good award. He's sticking around. Fruition. It's showing you we're giving an award out for everything. For Dame to stick around in that hopeless situation in Portland, you know what? He is a good teammate. Well deserved. Hey, you know what, Steve? JB, JB, he don't want nobody getting any trophies, any awards. He he won one final trophy. I told you on this show that I give a lot of credit to Dan for staying in Portland. I've said it to you on this show. Don't go there. You said that. I'm not talking about. I'm not I'm talking about Dan. I'm saying this in general. You, you, is the sound that the sound like you don't want nobody getting no shit? I don't want to just give everybody some shit. Then it's easy. Everybody, everybody expects it. Like, nah, hell nah. I ain't with it. Hey, Steve, I gotta ask you this real quick uh, before I get into a very, very uh, situation with Big Smitty here. Uh, can you tell us anything about this damn Washington Commanders trademark getting denied and what a joke it is? Because yeah. it's been denied. I think it's hilarious. Just go back to the Redskins. Like I told you a couple weeks ago, I, I didn't think there was much of a reason to ever change the name. I don't I don't know. Maybe the guy's just squatting. This this happened. I remember like 25 years ago, people used to squat on dot-coms. If you had a name like redskins.com, boxing.com, and then, you did, you know, you get a good payout. You know, but that, that look, if you're going to totally rebrand the franchise post Daniel Snyder, and I guess Magic is part of this new ownership group, maybe it's not the worst thing to just separate yourself from Snyder 
But you know, they, that that franchise has got some other issues. Yeah, they're kind of mediocre. They're not bad. They actually have some decent parts. Uh, I've been reading that FedEx Field is not delivering. It's already antiquated. That's another part of that whole Daniel Snyder legacy that didn't really work out. But I don't know. I, things like that, maybe if you give the guy enough. I remember when the WWF used to be the WWF. Now it's the WWE because someone, I, I think, had WWF. So I don't know yeah. how that's worked out. Generally, you throw a lot of money at people, and then you get your name. Yeah, I'm curious on who who holds that right over and not giving it up. That's what I'm interested in knowing. Um, I didn't look into it. Um, Big Smitty, I gotta, I gotta, I, I'm gonna throw you, put you on blast here because you asked the question. Um, Steve, please report back to the crowd here in the audience. What did Jason Whitlock say about Darnell being the better Ball State alum? Well, hold on, he admitted that he actually said that as a collegian. When it came to Maction, he said Darnell was a better player. However, at Warren Central, Whitlock is like a legend. He's a guy that when you say his name, it just reverberates throughout the hallways. And when it comes to Darnell, people act like owls. They go, who? And then I said, okay, well, wait a minute. And I said, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So in other words, in other words, I said, Jason, you're like, Michael Jordan of Warren Central when it comes to interior linemen. And Darnell will like this. He's like Kobe. And then Mr. Whitlock said, nah, more like Kurt Rambis. And I'm thinking, damn, he couldn't even give you Jerry Curl, A.C. Green. Wow. Oh, shit. The the disrespect. I'm glad y'all brought this up uh, to the show because I haven't responded yet. I was waiting for this moment to do so. First of all, shout out to Whitlock for for putting his pride aside and admitting that I was clearly the better Ball State football player. And to me, that that's what's even more important because it's a higher level. We're competing against other NFL players, either on our team or against the other team. And the fact that he admitted that I was the better player takes a lot of guts, takes a, takes a lot of just humbleness that I appreciate from you, Whitlock. But the Warren Central comment about you being a clear better player you played what in 1980 in the late 70s first of all i played with so many division one players on my squad i have probably 15 division one players just in my class alone so i will admit steve i put my pride to the side i was not the star player on my team i was one of many stars but i wasn't the key star on my team but a large part in that's because i didn't play with so many great players now i get it Whitlock played with Jeff George. He, he's arguably the number one player in our high school history. But outside of that, and maybe Whitlock can argue this, I don't know how deep his team was compared to my team. My point being is it's easy to be a star in the midst of darkness. It's hard to shine light when every, there's so many stars around you and you're all shining light. So don't let my, my, my uh, teammates and the other stars around me uh, confuse your mindset with how much of a dog I was. Film don't lie, Steve Kim. I'm, I'm one of the best nose tackles in Warren Central history. I couldn't be blocked. My job was to kick the center's ass. Don't ask no questions. My stats didn't always show it, but real football heads know. Watch the tape. I was unblockable. Well, okay. I do believe Jason's team in 85 was nationally ranked. So, but again, you're right. 
By the way, I got to give you credit, Darnell. I remember about five years ago, so Manny Diaz gets hired by the uh, Hurricanes as our head coach. Terrible hire. Anyway, he hires David Feely as the strength and conditioning coach. I'm starting to do some research on Feely. This is very important in my life, our strength and conditioning coach. I'm watching old videos. And 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 this is when Speak for Yourself was on. I'm watching old videos. And all of a sudden, I see a bunch of players dressed up as Superman, Hulk, like you got these things where people dressed up as like these superheroes and you're like squatting like 800 pounds. I go, wait, that's the kid on speak for yourself. I was like, that's Darnell. I remember sending that to Whitlock going, Hey, isn't that your Darnell? You had like five plates. And I'm like, wow. Six, Six. Six. Like, yeah, Six You weren't plate. doing the box squats. You were actually getting your ass way. I was like, this is impressive. This is impressive. David Feely had all sorts of like gimmicks, so he did a good job, though. Feely, I like. Shout out to Coach Feely. I hope you're watching. That's still my guy to this day. We still stay in touch. I mean, he'll call me one time a year randomly, talking about all types of old stuff. Man, he's one of my favorite coaches of all time. And yes, that was one one of our heavy squat days. Everyone painted up like the the Marvel characters. You had Spider Man in there somewhere, Superman. I had the Green (laughs) Hope paint all over my face. And that's who I was. I was one of many hoaxes in, in that gym. Oh, and uh, Would you ever do that? Hey, guys, we're having a heavy lifting session. I want you to come out as a superhero. I mean, See, I, uh, you know, you know, damn well answer that question, Steve. Come you know, on, damn well that question, Steve. <laughs> uh, Steve, I got to ask you this question, though, because it's really wearing on me. Yeah. Can you imagine... To me, it's a slap in the face. I want to know what you take your take on this. Can you imagine Will Ferrell playing John Madden in Terrible. a Terrible. Uh, guys, I heard your discussion yesterday. The guy that should do it, and again, I know he's older, is John Goodman. Mm. John, John Goodman's Goodman. a good one. I mean, when I look at Will Ferrell, look, he's a very talented guy. But I don't see John Madden. Like, when I watched the Air movie about the shoe from the greatest player of all time, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. The second um, best, yeah. Yeah, well, no, you get scary. Anyway, um, Matt Damon did not look like Sonny Vaccaro when I I know Sonny very well, by the way. So do you, right? Yeah, very. No, I don't know Sonny. I've just listened to him for uh, years. And I know Sonny, Steve. I know Sonny very well. It ain't even a close. I'm like, who is this supposed to be? Well, it's very flattering to Sonny, right? I mean, he upgraded. <laughs> but my my view is, that you needed to have Danny DeVito or somebody <laughs> or yes. Joe Pesci. Yeah, little Italian guy, not yes. some waspy guy from New England. I, John Goodman. I agree. One, I'm just, just not going to look believable. When, I, I even uh, said John Voight because you can cover him up like he did. I We have the Korean Cosell on the show, but we have Howard Cosell that John Voight played on All Lee. At least they made him look a little. Yeah, bit. but I, you got to have that thing where wooden, where, you know, where Madden go boom, you go over here, boom. You know, it's like come on. By the way. I don't know if we need a Madden movie. You know, about a month and a half before he just passed away, Fox did a 90-minute or two-hour documentary on his life called All Madden. I really enjoyed it. Watched that a couple of times. Um, I don't know why they'd want to do a movie on him. My, my favorite John Madden story, guys, and this is one once again about how young people have to learn how to learn and appreciate the elders. He was just beginning his coaching career as a junior college assistant. And I think it was in Reno or Lake Tahoe. And he said, I went to a coaching clinic um, and the, the seminar was held by the great Vincent Thomas Lombardi. And John Madden said, you know what? I was this cocky coach in Juco thinking I knew everything about football. He goes, he goes, Lombardi, 
broke down the power suite for eight hours. Four hours, then lunch, and four hours again. And the way he broke that one play down, John Madden said, I know nothing about football. And I and I realized I better humble myself and I better learn this game before I really start to coach at a higher level. That's how great Lombardi was because if you've ever seen dissertations on the power sweep from Lombardi, I've watched videos. It's amazing how he could, like, no matter what front, no matter what they did in the back end, he could play. But John Madden said... Vince Lombardi can coach now. He can coach 500 years from now, his stuff. So those are the stories I'd like to see. I just don't see Will Ferrell pulling it off. Yeah. We'll see, I, man. We'll see. I think Will Ferrell's going to actually surprise us. You know, I, I, I'm definitely going to watch it to tune in and see. John Madden is a, le- a legend in many different ways as a coach, as a as a, a on-air talent, and as the video game man, which is really my generation. Um, he's just an all-around legend. So I'm going to still tune in. Um, and we'll see. Will Ferrell, I think he knows how serious and, and important I think this film is. So I just feel like he's going to he's going to do he's going to put out his best. Like, yeah. what, what's there wasn't look. Madden was a great American figure, very iconic. But like, what are they going to do? A whole scene on just him riding the Madden Cruiser? Like, we get it. He didn't like to fly. So are they just going to spend a half hour with him riding on a bus through the plains of Kansas? Talking about, oh, I don't like to fly here. You know, no, I don't like to fly. Okay. Well, I don't know. Is that like Elvis? I can see why Elvis would have a movie. I, I can't right. because of the type of person or General Patton. I, I don't think there's that many football coaches. Look, with a football coach, all I need are documentaries and NFL films, like the ones on Lombardi. They did a thing on Jimmy Johnson. They, they've, they've done stuff on Bill Belichick. I find it very fascinating. I watch all of it. But John Madden, I like – what are they gonna do? Like the development of the video game? Like I, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't think John Madden ever played anything more than Breakout on Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Do you ever <laughs> really think John Madden was playing Eighty Eight Bo Jackson Tecmo Bowl and they said, "You know what? I want to have a have a video game." I, I don't, I don't know. Nah, he was playing. He was on the old school uh, ColecoVision. ColecoVision uh, pinball machine. Probably doing pinball machine. Me, I don't know what y'all talking about right now, man, but you are showing your age. Hey, Steve, I got, I got a new segment I got to get to before you get out of here, um, and it's called The Best Player Ever to Wear This. Who is the best player ever to wear that helmet right there? Jerry Rice. That's an easy one. He's the greatest player at his position by far, and NFL Network did a top 100 football players of all time. Number two was Jim Brown. Number one was, as Michael Irvin called him, Jesus in cleats. It's Jerry Rice from Mississippi Valley State. Not Joe Montana? I mean, you said easy. Like, you, you didn't even think about it, Joe Montana's Montana. the greatest quarterback in my view. But, I mean, Jerry Rice Ooh, had a 20-year. one, man, to just say Jerry Rice is better than Joe Montana in that helmet. I'm just telling you, Jerry Rice – from his second year on all the way to the time Warren Sapp face masked him and blew out his ACL. Never seen a guy get a face mask and blow out an ACL on that end around. Mm. Was as good as any football player at his position I've ever seen. And he could run every route. He, and he blocked his ass off. He, he, I mean, people wouldn't say Randy Moss is better than Jerry Rice. I say, yeah, the go route. But nothing else when it came to receiving. And Randy Moss is one of the all-time greats. Jerry Rice had a dedication to this game and his craft that was unmatched. I, look, 
And the thing with with him is he was good with every quarterback. Think about it. He was good with Montana. He was good with Steve Young. Then he was good with Rich Gannon. He was even making plays as an old man with Trent Dilfer in Seattle. Come on. It's Jerry Rice, guys. Who else could it be outside of Montana? Who else? Who? All right, Smitty. Go ahead, Smitty. Oh, man, man, man. So, now, well, let, let me jump in real quick. Just a second. That, like, I'm not disagreeing with you. Like, I think Jerry Rice is, is a is one of the names. Of course, like, saying that Jerry Rice isn't crazy. I just, my problem was with how easily you said it. And I think you even said, you know what? Oh, that's an easy one. Like, you, you better seem like Joe Montana was an afterthought. No, as if he's no, no. Like, come on now. And Darnell, I think Joe Montana is the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. And I say that as a diehard Rams fan of the 80s. Those guys ruined my childhood. I hated them. But I have a great appreciation for the way they played the game of football. And Jerry, uh, Joe Montana had the best feet I've ever seen for a quarterback. Mm. Feet. If you want to teach a quarterback how to be light in the pocket with your feet and legs, I think he's the guy that you show. Um, and the way he could like scan the whole field from one, two, three, and four and come back to the other side where he is unbelievable, his vision. Now, right. with that said, Jerry Rice could have been good in any offense. And just that, that overall dominance that he had. I mean, the guy was an all-pro level player for basically a dozen years. I don't know how many players have had that level of sustained greatness, darn it. But here's my Mount Rushmore. It would be Montana Rice, Mm -hmm. Ronnie Lott, Mm -hmm. and that fourth guy I would have to think about. But those three are no-brainers on my Mount Rushmore of Niners. I love it. I love it, man. Now, I I got another team for you. We don't have the graphic, but – Need your answer first. Oh, you need my answer first? Oh, he's still yeah, walking. Well, who's the best Niner? I gotta go with Joe Montana. You gonna skip over the the, the, the the team we're talking about oh, over here? You're going with. Joe. I thought we were just asking Steve. That's my fault. That's my fault. Flag on the play. Go no. the whistle. It's <laughs> on me. I gotta get my take on this at the very end of this one. Go ahead. Who's your? You're going Montana. I gotta go with Joe Montana. Just, I mean, really, the main reason is the quarterback is the most important position on the field. And he was the best at it. As you mentioned, uh, Steve, you you have him as your GOAT when it comes yeah. to quarterback. So when you're playing the most important position on the field, on the team, and you did it at the, at the level that you did, I got to give it to you. But, again, I love Jay Rice. Like, it's, no, it's like 1A, 1B, but I got to go with Joe. And I got I to gotta come up with my fourth name on that Niner Mount Rushmore. I, that's easy, but I got I got I'm going to go with Joe Montana, and this is why. Mm. And this is the coaching in this. Are you guys kidding me with this? Like Jerry Rice don't get the fucking ball without the quarterback. How is he the greatest? Like it doesn't make sense. He can never there's, put there's a, a quarterback the bias, JB. You yeah. can't give me a break. And, and guess what? And then you mentioned a very very important factor after Joe. You said Steve Young, who's arguably. <laughs> Also a Hall of Fame quarterback. He is. Well, argue, he's not arguable. He's in Canton. <laughs> no, I mean, he is. But I'm saying he's arguably a top five quarterback of all time. You can really argue Steve Young is one of the greatest ever. So this guy had two of the greatest ever. And we're and making he, and him. And you know what? As a, as a 37, 38-year-old guy, he, took, he helped Rich Gannon win an MVP. He was also good with Jeff Camp in 86 when Joe blew out his back. Every oh. quarterback that played with Jerry Rice was a better quarterback because of that man. I don't remember John Taylor being very good after Steve Young and John and well, Joe. Was, he aged differently. By the way, all right, here's a trivia question: Who was Uh-oh. who was 
Who was um, Jerry Rice's quarterback in college? Who was Jerry Rice's quarterback? Yes. He went to an HBCU. Yeah, Mississippi Valley State. His nickname was the Satellite. Mm. Big on. It was what? His nickname was the Satellite. And they used to run this crazy – Coach, they used to run this crazy offense, Darnell, where it was basically – Empty or one back, and the receivers used to line up behind each other like a centipede. They just weren't spread. They were stacked. One, two, three, four receivers. The coach was Archie, Gunslinger, Cooley. Was he a white kid? No. At Mississippi Valley State, you think there was a white kid at Mississippi? Really? Yeah, there was a white quarterback, the Gray Ghost. What do you mean? This this ain't different world. This ain't Hillman, coach. They had a brother at quarterback. God, Donnell. On behalf of all non-black people, I want to apologize for J.B. Hey, hold that on. I knew it. Wasn't it the Tot, 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 Toten or something? Yes, Willie Satellite Totten. Totten. You got to watch their films, guys. They used to stack their receivers right behind each other like a centipede formation. Never seen anything like it. Archie, by the way, by the way I sent a white quarterback to Mississippi Valley State. So let's pump our wow. brakes over here. Wow. I sent white quarterbacks to the HBCU, so let's not get it twisted. <laughs> Talk your talk, JB. Talk your talk, JB. It is Tuesday. I'm trying to tell you. I'm just trying to tell you. I, I'm just trying to tell you. Um, What's the team you came up with that I uh, was the greatest player for what team? Oh, yeah. I want to do one more. We don't have a graphic, but yeah. the greatest player to wear the Dallas Cowboys helmet is. Uh, you better not. You better not I say know, I know he's going to say Troy Aikman. You better not say that E word. You better not say that E word. No way. He was about to say it, everybody. No, Roger Staubach. Oh. He meant more to that franchise. Captain comeback. And he, he there's a guy that could have played in the modern day with his athleticism and his toughness. Now, Emmett Smith is certainly on my Mount Rushmore, JB. I, I, the slander of Emmett Smith is beyond belief. You talk to every player that played in the 90s will tell you that Emmett Smith was incredibly important to that team. Give because me they're chance. soft and they don't want to tell you the truth. Oh, God. Now, the other – the Mount Rushmore Cowboys. No, no, go back to – I want to go back to the Mount, Mount Rushmore of the Niners. Yeah. I, all right, you want to talk – you said you're struggling with the number four on that list because uh, Rushmore has four heads on it. Yeah. So – we're going to go, of, of course, Montana and Rice. You said the third for you was who? Ronnie Lott. Come on. That's an easy okay, one. Okay, Ronnie Lott, I agree. And the fourth one, you said you're struggling? I'm, I'm thinking of Charles Haley. Patrick Willis. No. What? Yes. But you know the thing with Patrick? He only played seven years, but every year he's, he's basically an all-pro pro bowler. Exactly. You play three more years than then. Is, I think is he really longevity-wise a guy to put That's on the thing, course? though? He only played seven years, but every year he was like he was an old a pro. beast. Patrick Lewis was a monster. I would have to say, yeah, I'm gonna be honest here. It's gonna be a weird one, but you got to understand what they did for that particular. It's either it's one of three guys, Steve. It's Clark, Roger Craig, or Tom Rathman. Out of those three, Roger Craig. 1985, he became the first player ever to go 1,000 for 1,000. And he was actually a fullback that slimmed down to a tailback. And he was related to Michael Nunn, former boxing super middleweight champion. So, And he's mm. from Davenport, Iowa. So shout out to Davenport, Iowa. Uh, I think there's other players, though. Charles Haley? Charles yeah, but Haley. he went over to the Cowboys and did really well there. So No, but he won, he won two soups. 
with the Niners. I think he was a defensive player of the year one year. Doesn't he have the most Super Bowls? Yeah, as a player, yes. He's the Robert Ory of the NFL. And I know we're missing some other players from the 60s and 70s. John Brody was certainly very good. Uh, John Henry Johnson was a great one. Frank Gore. Uh, Frank Gore. You know what? With Frank. God, no, to... no Miami people in this. No, no. Frank Gore's a future <laughs> Hall of Famer. One of the greatest running backs of all Longevity. time. Longevity. He only, you know, we never saw Frank Gore 100%. He had two busted knees. If you would have seen him in 2001, Coach, as a young freshman out of Coral Gables High, I'm just telling you, this guy had elite all-time ability, but it, it, his football IQ carried him. So, all right. So, I, I, Roger Craig, I don't know. Roger Craig's not going to be the Hall of Fame, but Charles Haley is, Coach. Keep that in mind. But you know what? We're, we're you know what we're talking about. Like this is a Niner leg, like driven deal on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. I get that Charles Haley's in the, in the Hall of Fame, but Roger Craig, in my opinion, meant a little more to that franchise than Charles did. Yeah, that's just me. Um, I don't right, so know. Darnell, what's your team? My, my 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 favorite team? No, no. What's the team that you wanted to ask me about? I um, asked you. It was the Cowboys. Well, no, no, no. Okay, you're right. So, Cowboys, so my, here's the thing. My Mount Rushmore, Roger Staubach, Emmett Smith, Troy Aikman, and, of course, Michael Irvin. There you go. There you go. There it is. They got Aikman on there. No, I, I have to put Larry Allen on there, though. Mm. I got to put Larry Allen on All there. Right, because so no, no Aikman, Larry Allen. Larry Allen, by the way. Yeah, right. No Aikman, Larry Allen. Oh, <laughs> Hey, I got I got a trivia question for you. Uh, make sure everybody, uh, if anyone wants to call in, the first caller, I'll put the link in the chat. The first caller, uh, I'll give away a, uh, I'll give away a Smitty hoodie today. Um, make sure that I put the chat in the in the link. The link to the chat is in there. Um, this is an easy one, um, can't, Steve. I don't know if I probably it's too easy. I'm probably giving away shit here at this point. Um, but we're going to do it on this day in sports history. So, May 30th, 2007. Somebody, somebody demanded a trade. Oh, Kobe Bean Bryant. Fuck. Yeah, but he didn't demand a trade. Yeah, he did. I know what, hey, okay, he did so, that shit so to so get a better team, so Steve. Now, let me tell you this story. Here's what happened. I remember this day vividly. I had to go to a couple of boxing gyms to go see some fighters. And every time I was in the car, Kobe was doing various interviews. There's no doubt that him and his publicist and his agent set this up. Stephen A. Smith was doing a national show for ESPN Radio. Vic the Brick Jacobs out here in L.A., L.A. legend. was So they all booked Kobe. I happened to listen to two or three Kobe Bryant interviews throughout the day. And every other trade was either, well, I love the Lakers and I want to be a lifetime. Then then the national interviews, well, they're not going to waste my prime. I'm getting the hell out of here. And I'm like, what the? I I couldn't handle the emotional roller coaster. So when people say that Kobe was loyal to the Lakers, eh, not completely. And there was almost this trade for Ben Gordon and two other Chicago Bulls for Kobe. And I'm thinking, no, no. And then there was another trade where he almost became a clipper. But, yeah, I know you want to put those on and, yeah, yeah do a selfie. But anyway, Jerry Buss flat out told Kobe, Kobe, you can bitch my wine and know all we're, we have your rights. You, We have committed to you. If there's a good trade on our behalf, we're going to make this work. But give us a little time. 
And then they engineered the trade later that year for Pau Gasol. And it changed everything. So when, But when people say that, that Kobe was completely loyal to the Lakers, eh, not really. It was convenient. I'm fighting it. I think he clearly did that for a ploy to get better players. And you know damn well when you he did that. You don't think they were trying to get better players before. Really? Dave, he did that. Who'd they land? They got Pau Gasol, who you love, who I don't love. I hate that soft motherfucker. And you got wait minute, uh, wait you got a lot of pieces in that next championship run because of what Kobe did. So let's pump our Kobe didn't draft Andrew Bynum, who became a really good center before his knees gave out. Uh, first of all, be honest, guys. I know this is like the Kobe cult here, okay? <laughs> Drinking that Kool-Aid like you're in Guyana, Georgetown, right? But the the does Kobe Bryant win those last two titles without the Spaniard? Be honest. No, no. I, I don't. Thank you, Darnell. I, I, I love Pau Gasol. I don't know why JB's hating on Pau Gasol like that. We and that we, his ass. That's why we love Pau. Yeah, like Kobe. Yeah, Kobe needed Pau. I'm not ashamed to say yeah, that again. I mean, Every player needs another good to great player on their team to win championships. You were probably at Ball State at that time, or maybe at your last days of warm. But I remember that day I was at I was at Freddie Roach's gym working out. So my phone's in my bag. All of a sudden, my phone's buzzing. I get all these messages. Wow, what a big trade for the Lakers! I listened to this one message, and some my guy Dave Smith, the sports god who knows basketball as well as anyone I've ever known, he said, "Steve, I can't believe this trade they pulled up. We got Pau Gasol." And I thought immediately, ooh, I'm going to miss either Bynum or Lamar Odom. But when I went on to the computer at the office and I said, wait a minute, we gave up Kwame Brown, Javaris Crittenden, and the rights to Mark Gasol, the brother, and a draft choice. And it was no Lamar and no Kid Bynumite who was coming on like gangbusters. I said, oh, oh, Kobe is so lucky. That he's part of a great organization. I wish they would have kept Mark. God damn. Jeez. Mark is really good too, but he, he ain't is. better than. I don't think he's better than Powell though. And Powell they're both in their prime. At least Mark had nuts. Mark had balls. How do JB listen? Oh everything God. about toughness and having and showing your balls. Sometimes you gotta go out there and be a good player. Like all you care about is being tough and who can fight the best and who's throwing knuckles and elbow. Can you play ball? Can you? Hey. Pau Gasol wears these right here. Pau Gasol needs to have these on. on, on and, and when we when we put his banner in the up in the fucking no, no, you know you know it's on the you know you know it's on the walls of the crypto.com. His jersey, it's retired. And no one will ever wear sixteen again. Ever. I agree with Josh Fele, my Uso in San Diego. I still don't believe they retired his jersey. SMA. No way. We oh, went to three straight championships, one, two. Come on, JB. Without Pau Gasol, we don't do that. The Lakers were shitty for those two years but uh, after Shaq and before Pau Gasol got there. We were horrible. He comes he comes, Bob. We immediately go to three straight championships and win two rings. Come on now. because yeah, we needed we needed Kobe. Kobe needed a guy to get off of. He needed a guy to take some heat off him. That's all. Right, and that was Pau. Okay. Oh, I agree. I agree. Talking about. Uh, Probably couldn't we- do it. In, Big Rube and uh, someone else, John, Joe, John T. or somebody called in. I saw you and you left. Uh, couldn't get to you. But uh, email us, the Coach JB Show at gmail.com. We'll get you a hoodie. You were the two. You were the first two that called in. Um, hey, I love some meta. I, I don't like meta. I love Ron Artest. I don't love meta. I love hey, our, you know our, I, I, our I was so disappointed when we let go of Trevor Ariza. 
But mm-hmm. we needed yeah. that. You got hurt though. Boston. Trevor Ariza as a Laker could have been really good. In fact, that year they beat Orlando. Trevor Ariza's game was developing. He had a really good series. Hit almost half his three pointers. But Defensive I will admit players. they don't beat yeah. Boston uh, with Ariza. They needed that grit and toughness and someone to really kind of muscle around Paul Pierce. So that's kind of the trade off that you make. But give Pau Gasol. Well, he's he's your Rodney Dangerfield coach. This is this is blasphemy. The man has his jersey up on the rafters of the crypto.com and the consistent disrespect and slander. Wow. They disrespect. This is, this is beneath. Hey, I gotta, I, hey Smitty, we got to end the show. I got to ask Steve a one hell yeah, hell no question. All right. Steve, I need, a, an, I need an emphatic hell yeah or hell no. Rick Fox was a better actor than he was a basketball player. Oh, hell no. What is he, Denzel Washington? What is he, Sidney Portier? Uh, Rick Fox was a solid player, and he's the hey, he was guy. pretty. The girls liked him. He was pretty Ricky. He was pretty Ricky. There's no doubt. But, however, Rick Fox was the perfect type of guy you needed around Kobe. You never needed to call a play. He did all the dirty work. He matched up with most of the good threes, got in the way, Gave you a little bit of toughness. Could hit an open shot once in a while. When you play with a Kobe or an Iverson, you better have some guys that understand, I'm never getting the ball. There's never going to be a single play (laughs) called for me. You're never going to run an ISO. Kobe's going to shoot 40 times, either in or out of the game. And I have to do all the dirty things that everyone hates. I respect. By the way, Rick Fox took less money to become a Laker. So for that alone... For that alone, he should be respected. Man, you are hey, he left the hated ones. Yes. So give him some credit better. Hey, but he had the awards that he I, I, You know, he won in life. Yes. Well, I'm just trying to figure out how many what how many Oscars did he win? Give me a break, coach. Good <laughs> lord. Hey, uh, I'll see you later on on Wednesday. All right, brothers. Talk to you guys a couple days from now. All right, All right peace. Uh, Steve Kim, everybody, make sure you pound that like button, subscribe, become a member. Um, man, it's been a good lit show today. We got into it. We had a great show. Appreciate Josh Love for joining us. Matt McChesney bringing the fire as normal, and uh, Steve Kim bringing the knowledge. And he never loses a uh, trivia question. He has not lost one. I think he lost one. I think he lost one. I got to make him a lot harder. I just didn't think he would catch on. I was thinking he was going to say someone else like fucking football player or something but i'm like god damn he got he, he never misses man kobe bryant demanded a trade but i don't think it was a demand i think it was all fluff to get a team better around him which ultimately worked because they won more titles so yeah that's my shout out to big q man new member i see you man we appreciate that y'all keep sharing members. it we got not, a lot of new members today clap it up Appreciate you. Uh, much love to everybody in the house. Pound that like button. We should have almost 500 likes, man. Come on, pound that bitch on three. Pound it on me. One, two, three. Pound it. I'll have a daily rant later on today. Uh, Big Smitty will be back in the morning uh, for Work Boot Wednesday. Tomorrow, schedule announcement. It's going to be Chase Senior at the end of the show. It's going to be Smitty and I uh, all day long. We're going to bring this real ruckus. Uh, to the to the show, and uh, we'll go back and forth, have some back and forth banter tomorrow. So make sure you come and join us. Pound the like button, and uh, who knows, man, we may have to do another bet because I got to get out this pussy pink. Uh, for all you guys out there, pound the like, and if anyone has suggestions for the show, drop them in the comment section below, and we will make sure we get to you. 
Uh, we will be having a call-in session again starting soon, like I used to do back in the day, to call in, members only, to talk to Smitty and I, ask us a question, do whatever you got to do. We will be giving away a lot more merch this uh, heading into football season. And we're building a team. So anyone out there that wants to continue to build the brand with us, any interns out there who are good with graphic design, video editing, or so forth, hit us up because we, we're adding a few new members to the team every day. And the show is uh, is about really, really close to cracking the code. So I appreciate everybody. Big Smitty, you got some final words? I, I know we, we got to end the show. Uh, we're 20 minutes past, but, you know, it's always great when it's a great day to have a great day, right? We all know yes, that. Yes, sir. It's always a great day to have a great day. Like your draws say, the people in the chat want to see you with the draws on. So make sure you no, post that, that picture to your Patreon. Draw, by the way. Make sure you put that picture on your Patreon later on for the members so they can check you out, JB. But I want to thank everybody in the chat, man. Like JB said, continue to share the stream uh, with all your group chat, your cousin, your brother, your mama, and them. Because we telling y'all, man, we bring you that real, that authentic, that sports talk, that culture talk. Every single morning, Monday through Friday, man, Pacific time, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Get your dip, your cannabis. We're not playing around. And listen, y'all, heated nuggets coming up. We're going to talk game one. See my boy F.A. in the chat. Shout out to my brother. And we, we out. Peace. What up, what up, what up, man? The Coach JB Show with my main man, Darnell Smith, a.k.a. Big Smitty. I'm going to bring some light to the darkness, man. I'm going to light it up in this mug, man. So I'm, I'm ready. It's going to be fire and ice. Uh, even though you got you bring that heat as well, you might be that ice that cool me down a little bit. Played at Ball State. You've been at Fox Sports with great people around you. You've had Lil Wayne on your show. I respect, I respect the hell out of you, C.